Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 208 for Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? How's your week uh, treating you? Everything going well? May 5th, right? Revenge of the 5th, everybody was, may the 4th be withing you. Withing? With? Yeah. May the 4th be with you. Ing? I don't know. (laughs) All day yesterday, everyone had those. There was the odd person who was like, hey, Star Wars sucks. And that was just their post out there in the universe. Um, You know, everybody loves to poo-poo when they don't belong. I haven't liked Star Wars in a long time. But it's still a cute little May the 4th. My mom's got her bitmoji where she's dressed as a Jedi, you know, and she's sending that to everybody. May the 4th be with you. Like, everyone's having fun. I got a meme that I posted on my story, which was uh, the Mandalorian, which is the first Star Wars property uh that's been good in a long time and uh and it just you know it has the may the fourth crossed out you know it has the revenge of the fifth cross out and it just says this is the may um which is cute you know what i used to when i was younger poo poo on cutesy shit but you know what people are just having fun why you gotta shit on people when they're having a good time right um i'm doing this early morning wednesday uh i started i've been up since five o'clock today and it's 10, well, 10.30, <laughs> I've got almost nothing done. Uh, I was going to record the podcast yesterday, but I still had to work on stuff. And I will be honest, my my note sheet right here on my clipboard uh, went from like having one thing at the top of it for like the entire week, you know, still having to work on my top five and everything, which by the way, has gotten some decent feedback. A few people have mentioned that they like this idea of a top five list. And I, I like it too. It gives me something to come up with, topic of conversation that's just sort of not super close to me in the sense that, uh, it's not like, Oh, Hey, this is a personal thing that happens. We get just the idea that I can get a, a thing out and that just gives us some talking. It'll, it'll fill time. It's filler, you know, like rice or potatoes. It's just filler. Uh, but I try to put a little bit of spice in it, right? Drop a brick of cream cheese and then potatoes. Boom. Little garlic. Oh, um, so <laughs> what I'm trying to say is just, I spent a lot of time yesterday. I also have, um, a book that I've been reading called belief, which I, I told you guys I was reading and I'm, I'm, I'm only half done. Um, but I'm going to review it now cause I've got other books and I will finish it, but I just, I'll tell you what I think of it. If you get halfway through a book, you know what I mean? You can, you can give your thoughts and it's a short story book. So I'll tell you about that a little later on. Uh, I watched a, a movie. I watched many movies. Um, but I've watched, yeah, maybe I'll bring them up later if we have time, but I've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. 
Um, I had a friend. Well, he is a friend. He is also former uh, former partner with uh, Open Mic Mondays and everything. He was over here doing his taxes with Jason. We we chatted a little bit. I'll tell you about that. Just a couple little random yak yak topics uh, that I've got for you guys. I'm feeling good. I'm not ready to share with you. Uh, I have something special going on in my life. Um, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm feeling good lately and, uh, I, I will share more with you guys when there's more to share, but just for the time being knowing I spent some time this week doing, uh, doing something made me feel good. Got a little, uh, the old guy's got a little bit of hope back in his, uh, in his life here. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, gang. Feeling good. Got some stuff to talk about. Uh, I've got an email from a, a onesie, which I will read to you a little later on. And, you know, I, I've it's been a good week. I've just had some chats with friends. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm also feeling like uh, a little a little useless, too. So I've got a talking point here that I'll bring up. Um, but yeah, I, it, I got all sorts of shit. So I got a list here in front of me of all sorts of different things to, to say. I'll tell you guys about all that fun stuff. And, uh, I've even started like color coding my notes where I used to just like write all these bullet points down of all sorts of things I wanted to talk about. And then, you know, I would do stuff like personal stories and then I would have things like talking about movies or then talking about like some fun gig stuff or whatever it is. And I would have to like rather than just like going down the list, right. Cause I just sort of hit shit as I think of it and put it on the list. Um, now I've like, now I'm starting to like highlight things with different colored highlighters. So things that are along the same vein, like for what it's worth, I, I tr- do my best to organize my chaos as much as like me coming in and sitting down in front of the microphone and <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I really do try to make it kind of work. So I'm, I've got things color coded now to try to keep the, the topics, in the same vein. Um, so we're, we're working on it guys slowly, but surely it's okay. It's only taken me four years to get mildly organized with this, but, uh, but where I, I don't know. I'm feeling good, feeling good. So, um, let's just start with some small stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, like I, my mom got her, her vaccine. I, I drove my mom uh, down to city hall to get her vaccine last week. And, uh, you know, she was one of those people. My mom is like, Oh, wow. Really? We're yawning already. It's 1030 in the morning and I've got a cup of coffee in me already. And we're, uh, we're yawning. Oh yeah. There's the, the whole like intermittent fasting thing. I didn't even write down. I've been like, I'm on like day three of attempting to do intermittent fasting and I reset all my alarms and everything like that. So let's just go ahead and do that. And I'll, uh, I'll be sure. Cause lose. I don't even know if I spelled that right. Let's just write fasting <laughs> intermittent. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, look forward to your emails. I'll tell you guys what I've been doing. And then, and then you can send me the emails and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Um, so there's that. Oh, the yawn. I'm going to have to get to the slurping point too, because like I have, I have onesies that listen. Sorry, gang. I'm my, I actually had to like Google signs of insomnia this week too, because my sleeping is, is beyond just like, Oh, well, I just go to sleep whenever I'm tired. Now it's like, I've, I've actively stayed up and tried to like, okay, I'm going to be good and tired and go to bed and then just no dice. Like, so I went to sleep around one or one 30 at that one 30 at the absolute latest. And then I woke up at five and, uh, been bagging away at stuff. Oh God. Like I said, I got onesies that'll tell me like literally they there and they tell me that they laugh out loud when they hear me yawning because they're just like. <laughs> Like, how do I expect you to be interested when I, I'm interested. I'm just exhausted. So Googled signs of insomnia because like now I lay, I lay in bed for like hours, try to wear myself out by staying up. Um, 
you know, and be like, okay, I'll fall asleep at a, you know, around midnight or something. And then it's just like 7am. I'm still like wide awake. You know, I'm like, I've been up for 24 hours and why am I not tired? I'm like, do I have insomnia? Um, so there's all sorts of goofy stuff going on with, uh, with yours truly. Um, but yeah, I got intermittent fasting is something I'm, I'm doing. My acid reflux at the moment is through the fucking roof. And I don't know if I can take, uh, some like antacids and stuff. I don't know if there's calories in those, which you would think if you're suffering, but I'm like, you know what? I'm only a few hours away. My let's just get into that. How about that? How about we just get into intermittent fasting? This, this, um, this weekend, I was just really kind of not eating a lot. I didn't really feel hungry. Um, I don't know if I was to, oh, here's another yawn. Okay, let's stifle that one. Um, the, uh, I, I don't know if I was, uh, was depressed or anything. I just didn't feel super hungry. I was also like, um, I don't want to say distracted with stuff. Like I notice I don't eat when I'm distracted, but then normally it'll be like if I'm playing a game or something like that and I'm wicked into it, you know, I'll look up, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, I haven't eaten since, you know, two so I'm <laughs> good. It's a good thing. I didn't say like, it'll be 2 AM. I'm like, Oh, I haven't eaten since one. Cause that happens too. But 1 PM versus 2 AM. You guys are like, Oh, it's been an hour for you. Um, I, uh, so I'll like, I, you know, I'd make something late night, which is awful. And then, you know, you're asleep a few hours later. So it's just the worst. And it's such a broad time frame of, of eating and stuff. So I, uh, I just, I noticed on Sunday I hadn't really eaten. I wasn't feeling particularly hungry. Um, not that I hadn't eaten at all, but I had like one meal on Sunday. And so I figured, you know what, maybe I'll just take this opportunity to just give intermittent fasting a try. You know what I mean? I, I know a lot of people who've, who've gotten results from that. I know keto is something I'd like to try too, but fasting and keto at the same time is way too much. And I'm not somebody who's overly disciplined to begin with. So I figure, okay, let's just try the intermittent fitness. Can I, can I eat what I want and just do it in a smaller window? So, um, I've actually been kind of just eating like, uh, one big meal so far. And I even say big meal, uh, totally not balanced. Like I'll give you an example. So Sunday I had, um, what did I have on Sunday? Um, like steak skewers and Brussels sprouts. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and it was like, that was pretty balanced, you know, some greens and some meat. Uh, and there was no, no carbs unless you kind of count, like um, there was a little bit of a sauce on the, on the, the steak skewers, but all in all my entire days intake of carbs, guys, I I wish I could stifle it. I think I'm I'm trying to push back the yawns and it's just making them come back. So I'm getting these little like half yawns. I might have to just fucking just yawn it out. But, uh, so, um, Sorry, train of thought, intermittent fasting. Yeah, there might have been some carbs in the sauce, right? Because the sugars and stuff like that. But I think that's, you're allowed a manageable amount of, of carbs. Manageable? Um, you're, I would say, a negligible amount of carbs uh, every day. But, uh, and then that certainly would fit the profile, I would say. So um, that was good. Uh, that would have been keto and uh, intermittent fasting that day. So I just did, um, on Monday, I had two burgers. I put a little bit of egg around too. I had two like light life burgers, the Harvey's, uh, beyond meat equivalent. So I fried those up in the, in the pan. Um, and then I just did this thing once they were cooked, I just love to cook, you know, shit into eggs. <laughs> so I just, you know, you can get a burger and put a fried egg on top. People are like, Oh wow. Fancy. I'm just like, boom, egg whites into the frying pan and fry it into the burgers, fold them over the, the burgers, flip them over. And now I basically just have like an egg wrapped burger. It's delicious. So I had two of those on buns. There goes the keto out the window. Um, again, not that that was ever the goal, 
but uh, threw them on the burger or on the buns, and uh, and I put like a, a jalapeno lime aioli on them, and not a shit ton. And that was it. That's what I that's what I ate all day. Um, so and then you know, so I'm like I'm trying to give myself this range because my understanding is that like your body burns you know the food or whatever the carbs in its system blah 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 for like twelve hours. Um, also could be a reason why I'm feeling tired too, because I haven't been eating a lot, but, um, that one I'm like, well, it's plant-based right there. It's like a pea protein burger. So I'm like, there's some plant in there and whatnot, some, some cabs and some fucking, uh, what protein in the eggs, eggs have protein, right? I know they have cholesterol. Anyways, um, this is welcome to the one man podcast. This is where I sit and I talk and I wonder about all the things I don't know out loud to myself and to my listeners, because for some reason. That's the content that I create. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I did those two burgers and, uh, that was, that was Monday. Um, so my, my plan for my intermittent fasting is, is, uh, 1 PM to 7 PM. It's a six hour window. And as I was saying, this is one of the things I was saying before that my understanding is that, you know, your body burns the, the carbs or something like that, or, or whatever is burning food and burning what's already in your system for like 12 hours. Uh, of the 24 hour cycle. So, you know, if you can not eat for say, you know, a lot of people like give yourself like an eight hour window. I'm giving myself a six hour window, um, but give yourself an eight hour window and then you have like four hours, right? So there's a 16 hour where you're not, you're not eating. So like the 12 hours it's burning what's in your system. And then that other four hours, it's going to burn like the extra fat and stuff like that. Well, I have a surplus of energy that my body can, can burn. So, I'm going with the six hours, um, Tuesday, yesterday, um, I just threw like, um, like a frozen pizza in the oven. Um, I also took that light life burger and I like crushed it up. I got a lot of those things left over from the Harvey's activation. So I basically took it and like turned it into like ground meat. And then I sprinkled on, on top of like just a basic, like a small thin crust, uh, frozen pizza. I put the light life burger on top. I've also got this goat cheese that I need to use. So I put like goat cheese on top of it as well. And, uh, it was good. A little barbecue sauce. I got a picture of it. And, uh, and then I had these like, like, uh, like local pickles and a little jar of like local pickles, farm pickles, whatever you call them, artisan created, whatever pickles that were fucking delicious. And that was it. I had that, that pizza and, uh, you know, half a jar of pickles. I was going to finish the jar of pickles in the evening, but I was doing a bunch of shit. And then I looked at them like, you know what? I'm way past my time. And just for the sake of eating, like what would have been like half a pickle. I'm like, I, I just, I'll wait, I'll eat it today or something like that. So, um, today is day, uh, three, uh, day three of intentional fasting. Uh, Sunday just was a, just happened to be, but day three of intentional fasting and uh, intermittent fasting. And, uh, I am very hungry this morning, but if I found myself, you know, just being up and whatnot, I think late at night is the hardest part. Like just, you know, trying to be like, don't eat late. But, um, I'm, uh, I am hungry. Let me tell you. And I, <laughs> it is 1030 in the morning and I want to eat. So I've got two and a half hours. My, my time frame is one to seven. That's right. So I have like a late lunch and, uh, and standard supper. And then that's it. I, and I've reset. I'm, I'm doing, um, I'm doing a lot to be disciplined in the sense that, um, I, I want to get up earlier. I like the idea of getting up early and going to bed at a reasonable time. So like my bedtime, I've kind of got myself set for like 10 o'clock. So I, I've never been an eight hours of sleep kind of guy. I know it's important, but if I can get seven in, if I go to bed at 10, you get up at five woo, and not yawn, 
for the rest of my life. Um, I, I would like that. I like that very much. Um, <laughs> which is basically saying like, I'm going to be saying goodbye to my PlayStation group. Cause everyone gets on like late night and stays up late, but you know, 10 o'clock is reasonable. That would give me, that would give me a couple hours of just fuck around time with, with, with my peeps. And, uh, yeah, sorry guys. This is just, I guess, getting the, the admin stuff out. I'm working on something, right? You guys are always super supportive. I, I thought I'd let you know that I'm trying this. I got a fasting book, which I should read to make sure. Cause I know that's the messages I'm going to get from you guys is make sure you're doing it right. Make sure you take care of you. I, I, I know. I know. And my body will speak to me and tell me if it's not getting what it needs. And I'm not one of those people who's like, shut up, buddy. You know, I'm, I've never been one of those people that like, you, you see people in the movies and it's like, you know, Hey, aspirin take two, you know, at most. And you see people grab like four or five of them, fire them back and then like chug vodka. I'm like, can you even do that? I'm taking pills with booze. Like I've, I've always been one like, yeah, no, I'll give my body what it needs. And I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to be hard on it. I've well, I've been hard on it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, yeah, now you're going to fucking starve the other way. I don't want to basically convert one eating disorder into another one. So my position on, uh, my position on everything is just, I'm going to just keep doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm, you know, a lot of people too think like intermittent fasting, it's like, well, yeah, if you have a six hour window, you can still do a lot of damage in that six hours. Absolutely. That's why I'm just mindful of, of portions and everything like that. I'm not exactly counting calories at the moment, but considering I've been having one meal, I've not been eating, uh, definitely not been eating 2000 to 2,500 calorie meals. So, um, I, I stepped on the scale recently. Ugh. And, uh, and I'm 200, sorry, 200. Fuck. I wish, uh, 313 pounds. So I remember before the pandemic, I had got myself under 300 pounds. I think I was actually down to about 290 and, uh, you know, and maybe even in the two eighties, um, which is not the best I've ever done since I got big, but it was a start. It was, it was, I was like 320, I think 320 points anything I think was the most I've ever weighed. And I remember just when I got down to 290, I'm like, okay, we're not going over 300 again. Like you can, you, people gain weight or whatever, but I'm like, I'm 10 pounds away from 300. 10 pounds is a lot of weight to put on. So I'm like, we're not, we're not doing that again. Right. And then of course with the pandemic and yeah, blame and not whatever, just with, 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 with life, with whatever. Um, I remember just getting on the scale at one point and seeing like 316. I was like, are you fuck like all of it? I've put like 26 fucking pounds back on. So, um, I am currently at two or sorry, 313 and I'll do accountability check-ins and everything like that in the podcast. So you guys can hear what's going on with me, but, uh, I want to bring that number down. I want to bring that number down. I want to, I want to make it work this time, guys. Like I said, I'm actually kind of feeling good for the first time in a long time. Um, and I want to, I want to use that as momentum to finally get this ship on course. I've had so many wonderful people, um, just, you know, say like, oh, you know, they, they heard me talking about trying to take better care of myself. And they, they said that they were inspired based on what I said. Uh, and I'm like, well, that's, I mean, I appreciate that. And I'm so glad I'm listen, if, if I can, you know, if I can inspire, I, I have a real hard time believing that I'm capable of inspiration. Um, but I'm grateful for those of you who, who said, and people were posting results and whatever. I was like, really, really like that. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Um, 
but that's, that's yeah. So I, I want to make you guys proud too. You know what I mean? Like you guys are <laughs> just me talking about it. Like, yeah, I should. And then you guys go out and do, and I'm like, Oh yeah. See, I fell off that fucking wagon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep this intermittent fasting thing going. I will let you guys know how it, uh, how it goes. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm excited. Three thirteen is where we're at right now. And, um, uh, I'm hoping to make more cannibalism. I had this thought and I really don't think I have the balls to do it, but you know how people will post like their before and after pictures when they, when they lose weight, part of me is like, you know, like, Hey, that'd be great. And it would be great to take a before picture and then just whatever. But like part of me almost wants to post the before picture before there's any results just because of how like embarrassing it would be. You know what I mean? Like I, I, me taking my shirt off is a nightmare. You know, I'm a pretty confident guy in a lot of regards, but just, just people seeing me in all my big glory. Uh, I, I feel like part of me was like, well, what if you just post that, then won't you be motivated to just not be that, you know what I mean? Like, like rather than waiting till you have the after picture, you know, to post, why don't you just do that? And maybe that'll inspire you to like, not be that. So that even if someone sees you in six months, it's like, oh yeah, but that was six months ago. And you're like, you look great. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it doesn't like shaming myself into losing weight or something. And then if I don't, it's just like, man, now you know what I look like too. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll share more with you when I have it gang, but that's, uh, that's what I've been working on so far. Uh, as I mentioned, my mom's got her, her first shot. She's kind of like, um, my mom is, I don't want to say an anti-vaxxer. My mom is, and I think I started to talk about this earlier. My mom is the person, um, I can't remember. I was talking to Mahad, my friend on the, the Harvey's tour. And he was saying how, like he was watching something or reading something about how like, uh, senior citizens are like the worst consumers and distributors of like false information, whatever. Um, my mom is, you know, I don't want to call her this, but my mom's like an anti-vaxxer, um, because she's probably like other seniors. I'm going to call them old people. Cause that's what we fucking call them when we're not being recorded. All right. Like other old people, people who've lived life, whatever they're, they don't understand that everything, hello, um, that everything on the internet is not true. You know what I mean? And not, and, and just because your friend, it's like, oh, my friend Helen posted this thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, Helen didn't fucking write it just because you trust Helen, you know, she just shared it. And you just shared Helen's post and you guys are fucking putting all this information out there. Like it's all true. My mom t uh, messages me via Facebook, um, fucking videos, like, like 10 times a day, you know? And it's like, look at this fucking police are going to be monitoring your internet. Like I, I, she, a, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I feel safe saying it, but she, like, I don't watch any of the stuff that she sends me. I'm like, thanks. I'll check it out. I don't watch any of it, you know? And I'm not going to sit there and lecture her like, mom, you can't, I just, I just, so I would imagine that she probably saw like all the Jenny McCarthy bullshit a while ago, a while ago. And just like, oh, vaccines can cause da da. And it's like, yeah, but uh, ugh. so like I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in between two, because like, I've got people I care about who are like, I don't want to just take the vaccine. Like my position is like, this vaccine feels rushed. Um, there's already like side effects, you know, like blood clots and things that seem to be coming up from like two of the three providers. There's what, there's the AstraZeneca one, Moderna and Pfizer. 
Those are the three that I'm aware of, and I thought there was only two, but the AstraZeneca has said to have clots, as a, and apparently the Moderna one has been, or fi, sorry, uh, Pfizer has been said to have less uh, percentage of clotting. Um, but I guess this is my current understanding based on zero research, just word of mouth is that from what people are saying, the, the Moderna is the, the, the best one and then Pfizer and then AstraZeneca. Um, AstraZeneca seems to be the one that the vast majority of people are getting. Um, myself, I, I'm not in a hurry for the vaccine, even though you guys have heard the chronicles of my roommates and, and everything like that. Um, I, I'm just being careful around everybody. Um, so when it comes to be my time, I'm 38, right? They were releasing things for people 40 plus, uh, Jason's already got his shot. Um, I don't know if Kamar got his, uh, but I don't even know if Simon knows what the fuck is going on in the world. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she got hers. She was, uh, she probably wouldn't have got it on her own, but she works, uh, you know, the big company, um, she works for the government basically. And, uh, she was saying that she was getting a lot of pressure from people around her to take a vaccine, to, to, to get the vaccine. So I don't think anyone should, should, you know, inject something into their body based on peer pressure. I think you should educate yourself and know the risks and then make an educated decision. But, um, you know, if it's going to protect her from COVID, I'm happy. I, I think she should get it. I think that the, the rewards well outweigh the risks. But the the flip side of the coin for me, like I said, in the middle is like, I've got my mom who's like, oh, the vaccines are bad. And it's like, well, no, they're not. And then you have Jason, uh, ever fool, head in the clouds. Uh, the government's your friend and the, the drug companies. Why would they not want to heal you? Um, moron with that. Oh, there's no problem with the disease. Like he's walking around running his mouth like he always does about fucking, eh, you know, there's only 0.2% blood clots percentage, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's like, why are you always arguing against, you know, the, the, the facts? Like, it's still a risk. It's still a risk. You know what I mean? Apparently my, my mom was saying that, that, uh, genetically my family has like a history of blood clots or whatever. So, um, best to avoid the ones that, that have the person, you know, the, the chance of clotting best to avoid right now. I'm, I'm avoiding it just in general. Um, just because there's other people who, who are more productive members of society that, that need that shot. So, um, since everyone's fighting over the shots, you guys go ahead and have them. I will sit here in my room and, uh, and talk to my wall. <laughs> That's what I can do to help everybody out. Um, my tennis elbow is doing better, better. It still hurts. There's still lots of shit I can't do. It's still really tight. It's still painful. Um, but I had a great human being. Uh, reach out to me, uh, Brent in Calgary. Thank you so much. Brent is, uh, Brent's the owner of uh racket network. So they have a, a store in Calgary. Um, I believe they have two stores, but I could be wrong. I know they have an online store and then they have a, a brick and mortar. So I don't know if I, I thought they had two brick and mortars and I might be right, but racket network, R a C Q U E T network. Um, I, I didn't know how to spell racket. I'm like, I'm like R A C K E T, but I, I double checked because I know that it's, I think the word racket is spelled differently. Anyways, I, I made sure that's the name of the, the business. So, uh, they know their shit racket sports. They restring things, uh, like rackets and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, so like they know their shit about those sports and, uh, Brent has got experience with, uh, tennis elbow. So he just kindly reached out and was like, Hey man, uh, as soon as you started mentioning, like he was talking about, you know, my, me mentioning my tennis elbow and he was like, Hey, just so you know, uh, 
Um, here's a bunch of like, he, like he took the time to like break down the different things and, and treatment methods and, and sort of physio steps and stuff to take, uh, which is so incredibly kind. I'm so grateful for, uh, so I want to give him a shout out on the podcast and say, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your day to do that. Like rather than just like, Hey man, yeah, you should do physio, whatever, like broke it down for me, put it in steps. Um, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm super grateful for that. So I've been doing, uh, some of the stuff I've been watching some YouTube videos. I can, I can tell you that I've been completely undisciplined in terms of like, Hey, make sure you do this, this amount of times a day. Um, I've started creating, like I had to create some uh, ice packs cause I got to like ice it off and on, off and on to sort of get the, the blood moving and stuff in the, in the tendon slash muscle. So I, I started icing. I iced my elbow this morning. I did do that. Um, but I was supposed to do like 20 minutes on 20 minutes off 20 minutes on. 20. I, I didn't do that yet. I will do that this afternoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to take time out of your day to be like, Hey man, here's your like recovery regime. I was like, that's, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was, I was touched by it. it was super, super kind. And, uh, I, I, can't even begin to say how grateful I am for that. So, um, thank you, Brent, uh, for, for taking the time to your day to, to reach out with that. Honestly, like super, that's the thing. That's the thing with me guys is, I mean, you've known me long enough to know that not everything I, <laughs> I'm really hard to organize myself. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I will, it took me like a, it's a few days to even just watch like a, a five minute YouTube video on the subject after going to the hospital. You know, so for me, it's like, if you take the time to like spell it out for me, like, I guess, I guess, you know, embarrassingly enough, I'm more of like a, a spoon fed person in some regards. Like you'd think like, Hey, this is your health. You want to take care of yourself. I'm like, there's a lot of shit where I'm like, I know that there's a psychology, psychological barrier with me where like, I feel like if I, it's nice to know what something is and it's nice to know that there's like options, but I, I all, I always go back to that belief thing where like, I don't believe it's going to happen or whatever. And I'm always worried. And if I start researching it, so like when someone takes the time to like break it down and just, here you go, this is what you need. I'm like, it, it means a lot because it actually makes things a lot easier for me. Um, I don't have to like, I don't have to fight with myself as hard psychologically. I'm not saying that like for the rest of my life, everyone should do my research and shit for me. It would be great if I could tell the, the, the kind of dick jokes that would fill theaters all over the world. And then I could hire someone to do that. Hey, I need this, go do it. An assistant would be phenomenal. Um, but, uh, but in terms of just people, like I said, that's why it means so much to me, like that, that someone takes the time to, to, to break things down for me. I had a, a friend, Vanessa, who I chatted with this week too. My friend, uh, Vanessa, um, got me a doctor like, and I, and I didn't even, we were, we were, this was a few years ago. Um, but just, it was the same thing. I was talking about this with someone this week, just saying like, like my friend, Vanessa, we were chatting. I was saying how I didn't have a, a, a family doctor and, you know, there's some stuff that I wanted to get. And her and I were just chatting. She's like, yeah, the doctor I have, I like him. He's really great. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I'll, I'll see if, uh, if he's taking patients and a lot of people are nice and, and I don't even believe that they don't mean it when they say it, but you just think that someone's like, oh yeah, I'll ask for you. But it's like, it slips their mind. I know that I'm super capable of it. When I say it, I mean it, but I forget so much shit. And then I saw, uh, I saw Vanessa like a, a week or so later and she's like, here's his number. I saw him earlier today. He said he'd take you on as a client. They're waiting for your call, like literally spoon feeding it to me. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to go looking for like a doctor. I think I called like three doctors, 
um, like years before, like I was trying to find a doctor and like open up the book for like, or Googled it or whatever, and just started calling doctors. I think I called like two or three and like the first one accepted me. And then I was with them for a while and I hated it. I hated it. Like she looked at me, like everything that I had, like she looked like I was full of shit with everything I had. I had a lump on my side, like in my, in my abdomen that causes me pain. And she just was like, oh, it's a lymphoma. So like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, great. It's not cancer. What the fuck is it? It hurts. Like I can't twist and turn and like core, core exercises hurt, you know? So like, it's great that it's not going to kill me, but it fucking, but it's killing me. You know what I mean? Like it, it hurts. And, um, and so I just remember that. So like, I got to the point where I'm like, well, okay, well looking for another doctor. Like, are we going to do this? No, I just, and if, if I, if I trust somebody, you know what I mean? Like a friend who's like, Hey, here you go. That's, that's great. I mean, I guess that's why seniors like, Oh, my friend Helen posted this. Do not get poked with what it's like. Yeah. Well you, you think it's Helen didn't write it. Helen, Helen got confused by someone else. And now you're sharing Helen's shit, whether you know it's right or not. Like this thing, you can find articles online that will support any wacky fucking mentality that you have. You know, I watched some guy posted a video about rosacea and how he uses some fucking, I can't even remember the first word, silver, something silver. And it's like vibrated silver poles in water. And it's like microscopic silver. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know what that does, but so I Google it, right? Okay. This guy swears by it. He's like, I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not a doctor, but this has worked for me. I had rosacea. Now I don't have it at all. Like it's great. You know, and he wasn't selling anything. It was just his YouTube video. Then I start looking into it and it's like, yeah, there's nothing that supports that there's anything positive about it. Like people are even saying that like that kind of silver, uh, tinctures or whatever could be used to cure AIDS and, and cancer and things like that. And I'm just like, uh, for Christ's sakes, like, you know, you'll, you can find everything on the internet that supports and doesn't support. It's tough. It's tough being a person consuming information, you know, and just because the person that you read it from or hear it from you trust, it doesn't mean that they know what the fuck they're talking about. So anyways, isn't that a positive bitchy complainy pants? So <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'll get the vaccine when it's time. In the meantime, I'm just trying to be the entertainer. You know, I'm not in a hurry to get vaccinated. I, um, and I get that too. Again, speaking with my friend Vanessa, actually, sorry, the point that I was making wasn't about the, the vaccine was just about these people reaching out. So thank you, uh, Vanessa for years ago, getting me in touch with the doctor. Thank you very much, Brent, for, uh, for the list of, of, of physio and, and regime to get this tennis elbow. Cause Brent was the first one who even gave me a time frame, right? Like I even asked the doctor and he just like shrugged at me. So Brent was kind of like nine months with physio a year without, but it'll heal regardless just how quickly. And I was like, all right, well that at least, you know, six months from now, it still hurts. I won't be like, oh my God, am I going to have this for the rest of my life? Like at least there's a time frame. Um, I also just speaking with my friend, uh, Vanessa, like she's somebody there's, there's a few people in my life who are just like insane workhorses. They do their job. They're also the kind of person where everybody comes to them and, and dumps jobs on them. And they're good people. They try to help people out. They take on, not to be judgmental, but they take on work that isn't theirs. You know what I mean? They try to help out and they're, and people take advantage of their good nature and they tell themselves, this is what I think. This is my armchair opinion. So I'm not saying I'm right, but there's people in your life that, you know, like they tell themselves like, well, it's my job. And it's like, yeah, but it's not. 
You know what I mean? Like your job is to manage people. Your job isn't to clean up. Like you're not a janitor where it's like, Hey, your job is to tell people to do things, but if they don't do them, make sure you do it yourself. You know what I mean? And so there's, there's good people that I know that, that work fucking hard. And I, I tell you right now, I can't even begin to understand how they do it. And I mean that, um, like I understand what, what each individual task is, but to be able to like manage and organize and compartmentalize all these different things. Like I can tell you right now, I'm getting anxious and overwhelmed just thinking about this. Like I'll talk with them and they'll tell me about their day and stuff. And I'm just like, how do you like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, I remember, I remember when I worked for cell phones, one of the last jobs I had before, like, I'm kind of now, like, I like the marketing stuff a, because it's easy, but like, I use the resource that, that I'm good at, which is like personality and humor and, and, and interaction and stuff like that. But listening to people with jobs where they're like, you know, oh yeah, we, I had to send this emails and I had to fill out these forms and there was incident reports. Like I remember every time I would have a job and they're like, here's where the health and safety binder is. And if there's an incident report in my brain, I swear to God in my brain, I'm going, I'm never filling out that. I don't give a fuck if I cut my finger off. I'm not fucking sitting around writing reports. It's non-negotiable in a lot of jobs in, in every job that has one, it should be a non-negotiable, but I'm saying that there's some jobs where it's like, no, that, that incident report is everything. I have a friend who's a paramedic and it's like reports, reports, reports. I got all this extra paperwork to fucking, uh, uh. you know what I mean? It's the worst that, that, that drives me insane. Uh, just in the sense that like, like, and they have to do all this shit organizing this and guys, there's people in my life. I can't, I, I it's not my place to say what they do and, and how hard they work. Um, but I, I, I listen as a support, you know, support center, a support person to just like, you know, tell me what's going on with you. And they, and it weighs heavy on them. I remember when I was doing the cell phone sales before marketing. And I, like I said, I, I, I had to constantly learn all of the new promotions. The, 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 the telecommute, the telecommunications industry is very competitive and it's constantly changing. And that's just that one thing. It's just like, okay, just know what every com- competitor is offering and at what price and what, what, promotions we have. And it was just like memorizing all of that stuff and constantly reading paperwork, constantly going to computers and then having like it issues where like, Oh, I can't access this person's platform or their portal or whatever. And just like, I can't tell you how, like it was killing me. I hated it. And it's not that hard. I'm not saying it's hard. I'm saying that I just, I'm just not built for it. I would have to do an intense amount of meditating and, and, therapy and stuff just to get my brain to a place where it's not as scatterbrained. And maybe I'm just unhealthy. And maybe, you know, if I went for walks I'd have more mental clarity or something, if I read more, you know, put down the, the technology, there's probably a lot of things, but where I sit right now, the idea of being able to do all those things is, is so overwhelming to me that I'm okay with being the entertainer. You know what I mean? I'm okay with being your release from that. Like, in fact, I think that's why my job, you know, and, and the job of a comedian is important doing these days of just shit that I, I, ju- I, I just won't, I won't do that stuff. I can't get one of those jobs. I've thought about it several times during the pandemic is just, should I just give up and get the government job or whatever? But like, I can't, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Hats off to all of you. I'm not saying doing paperwork would kill me, but I'm saying like portals, call it and get this fixed. Like I'm so I'm so impatient 
too, that if like something needs fixing, like I want to do it right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to not be able to do things. I was talking with, with Vanessa and she's kind of works like a government where it's, um, it's one of those things where like they, they crush all, um, innovation, you know, and drive out of you in the sense where like, if you see the opportunity to innovate something, you're like, Hey, this isn't working really well. And I found a way they're like, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll submit it to this department. They'll take about four to six weeks to get back to us and let us know if maybe we could. And by the time they get back to you, you don't care anymore. You've already found a workaround or you've just gone and done the same thing that everybody else does. Like they just, they, it's just not designed for innovation and, and growth and things like that. So just, you know, and if you're a creative person, you're like, I want to find ways to fix things. I want to make things better. Like I'm always striving for, you know, like that old saying, the only constant is change, but except in the government, you know what I mean? Or in a lot of, I guess, office, office, uh, things like this. I think that's kind of cool that that's one of the positives of COVID is that it's forced change on a lot of old archaic things like, you know, the office jobs and stuff like that. Like, do we really all need to be together? You know what I mean? Like we can do teleconferencing or whatever. Like I get that, you know, in the fifties, all the electricity and all the computers were linked there. You know, there was no internet or, or anything like that. Well, the internet exists now and we can email things to each other and we can print shit at home or we can just scan with our phones, right? Take a picture of it or whatever. Like there's a lot of shit that's changed except that that old setup didn't. You know, so we're learning that there's things like some things you have to do in person, right? You can't be a uh, bakery from home. Theoretically, maybe you can shut up. Everyone has been the bread, the bread on the social media. Everyone's making bread. Um, I don't know. There's certain things that you just can't be from home. You know what I mean? You got to have the brick and mortar or whatever it is. And I get that. But these offices where you're sitting in front of a computer in a cubicle, you know, I'm sure there's benefits to it, right? It's easy to get out of that. I mean, why do you think people like to work in Starbucks? You know, get out of your space and get into another space where you can focus just on work. Like I, I get that, but it's just that it's, it's not like, oh, well, the only way we can work is here, you know? And especially in things like the government, it's not like I've, I've talked to people who in businesses are like, well, yeah, when we're all in the same office, like we can get answers quick. I'm like, that's not the government. They don't need to be there to get answers quick. Cause that doesn't happen. So anyways, it's, it's fascinating to me, but I'm, I'm comfortable being the entertainer. I'm okay with making this podcast and doing stand up and stuff so that like, you know, while you're, while you're sitting at your desk and if that's where you guys listen, thank you very much. I'm hoping that all my yawning is not detrimental to your day. Um, but I think that I'm okay with, you know, like, Hey, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll embarrass the shit about myself. I've got some embarrassing fucking topics on the, on this list this week and I'm okay to embarrass myself. I can, I can humiliate myself so much easier than I can sit down and write an incident report. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like maybe it's a gift really. Uh, but that's where, where I'm at is, uh, I, I, I think I'm, I'm getting comfortable. Like I, I want that discipline of those people, but a lot of them, I don't, they don't look happy. Like if they looked happy and I was like, fuck yeah, I need to do that. You know, like the goofballs at like Shopify and Google, right. Working in these like magical places where, you know, they have slides and shit like that at work. I can, uh, I, I would say those people look like they're having fun, but at the same time, they've also got like a ridiculous amount of like computer engineering training and schooling and how competitive it must be to have their jobs. Like I'm sure that there's stresses too, but, um, 
I, I think it's easier for me to talk about my dick to strangers than it is for me to, you know, become a programmer or, or the office worker or whatever. And you know what? That's more money, but I'm okay. I'm all right. Just living my life right now. Am I, am I okay with it? I feel like I'm okay with it. Uh, then you just say you're 316 pounds. All right. All right. There's not so, there's not such great things about what's going on right now, but again, I can still do that with a regular job too. Um, so yeah, the tap dancing monkey is totally happy to take your requests. You want, you want some entertainment? You let me know what you guys need. All right. I'll talk about whatever you want me to talk about on the podcast. This is what I, I fill in with my own advice. I didn't actually intend to go so deep into to that aspect. I just, right before I recorded the podcast, I got off with someone on the phone who was just like, their day was exploding with, with shit and just fires to put out. And I'm like, uh, and it wasn't just like, ugh, I don't want that. Like I wasn't disgusted. I was in awe of how they were able to just just take that shit and roll with it day in, day out. They are fulfilled by their job, this this particular person. Um, but it still wears on them. You know what I mean? Like when you know somebody who like, hey man, you're always, you know, you're tough and you soldier on. Like just because somebody's got the strength of character to soldier on doesn't mean it's easy. Okay. So just always keep that up. All the all the heroes in your life that are doing shit when, you know, they work hard and everything like that, just know that like it takes a it takes a good amount of strength and you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt every now and again for those people to hear, to hear that, you know what I mean? So to just take a minute and be like, Hey, so oh, you work crazy hard and you know, you're incredible. I don't know. Just that little bit I would imagine would, would, would go a long way for some people, but, uh, what else have I got to talk about? Huh? Huh? Um, <laughs> I'll save this one for later guys. I'll, I'll, in case it's someone's first time listening to the podcast, I'll do some other stuff here. Um, I want to ask you guys, I've got a, a can of bubbly zero calories. So it's allowed. Mm. I woke up like thirsty, thirsty this morning. And then I've got my, uh, my cup of black coffee because black coffee is allowed on intermittent fasting. I always do the hard slurp too, because as I've been told by onesies in the past, um, they think it's funny. They're like, it's funny that I can hear you slurping your coffee. They're it's funny that I can hear you yawn. I've had onesies tell me they count the amount of times I've yawned. Um, I think it's, I think it's funny, but I, this is one thing now. I, I'm not a pig, uh, in this regard. Um, I don't like to be loud with my slurping and things like that. There's just, there's been times in the past. The reason I do it is to make it known that I'm doing it. Because people have said that they think so. If I just you know stopped, had a little sip, you didn't hear anything. Also, this mic is very sensitive, so you can hear like you know my teeth hitting the the cup and just the breaks in my in my breathing. If I swallow, like it's pretty it's pretty sensitive mic. But I just remember in the past sometimes, uh, not sometimes. There was a time where someone was like, oh, you know, one of the things I don't like about your podcast is that I can hear you like slurping your coffee and it's disgusting. And I was like. And I was thinking about this yesterday, so I wrote it down. I'm like, that's subject of conversation for the podcast, considering this is the 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 playground, the environment that it happened in. And I wanted to say, does anyone else think that slurping is disgusting? Like, I get it's like a mouth-body consumption thing. Like, I think talking with your mouth full is kind of gross. And that, I, you know what's funny? There are people, um, and I think I'm one of them, who are able to, let's say, talk with their mouth full. 
And I don't mean like full, full, but just in general, you know what I mean? Like, take a bite, mm, that's not bad. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where it's not gross. It might, there's something in my mouth, but I spoke, you know, side of the side of my mouth, whatever. I don't find uh, that gross. People talking about full, you know, I think that like, um, I would, it's like, okay, finish chewing. That's disgusting. Right. But even worse. All right. Even worse. One of our roommates here, uh, just sits and disgusting to me. That's just gross. I don't know. It's like, it's like people make fun of mouth breathers. It's like, well, yeah. Are you a mouth breather? Like, can you not just chew with your mouth closed? I don't know. Some of these people too, like I've seen them do it the right way. So when they do it the wrong way, I, I feel like it's a choice and I feel person. I honestly feel like I feel personally disrespected again with the people who I know it's a choice, right? Cause I know that you know how to chew with your mouth closed. Why do you not do it around me? You think I'm not worth it or whatever, right? Josh, you take everything personally. So yeah, sometimes I, I, I assume everything is a slight against myself cause I don't value myself, but I, I also as a comedian, I'm observant. And I observe that, hey, you know how to do it. Why the fuck do you always do it wrong around me? But we're talking about the bodily functions and not specific relationships, Joshua. So um, what I'm asking you guys is I think slurping is in that vein of, of, and we're not talking like, like, like this is what I'm talking about. A little slurp of coffee. Okay. That is, that was, that was called quote unquote disgusting by one person. So uh, I ham it up. And I'll, I'll own the, the hamming it up part, but it's clean. Okay. I'm not like blown. I'm not talking about like, um, slurping soup where it's like food and shit like that. Like I, I get, I get that. But even then, you know, and, I, and then there's, there is a, hmm, let's call it a meal rather than targeting a people. There's a certain like. Have you ever seen people eat noodles, bowls of noodles or whatever, and just pulling it in with chopsticks, slurping that, that I will give you is gross. I will give you that. And here's why. Um, because when you're slurping noodles and shit in soup, they're flinging all over the area while they're slurping in and they're spraying shit around. I'll give you that. Cause I wrote that down as even one of my talking points is that I think burping is gross. I think farting is gross. I think sneezing and coughing are gross, but what those all have in common is that they're all like outwards, right? It's releasing shit outwardly, which is gross. A lot of them smell and a lot of them can get you sick, but to me, it's just like, I don't want your fucking particles on my shit. You know what I mean? But the thing with slurping is it's inward, right? You're, you're sucking inwards. You're not really throwing shit. Like, like to me, I would say like, let's, let's use soup as an example or, or even maybe a cup of coffee, but we'll go soup. Like if you pull a, a, a spoonful of soup up, I think it's grosser to blow on it than it is to slurp it into your mouth. Do you know what I mean? Cause one of them is outwards where you could be spraying shit somewhere else. Not like <laughs> blowing on the soup, but you know what I mean? Right. Um, the idea is like, I, and that's what I wonder. I'm like, I, I get my sneezing and all that stuff. Yes. For the, you know, you could get me sick or, Oh, it's gross or icky, but just, just, yeah, you're, you're spraying it. Right? Like, are you afraid of being near somebody with a vacuum cleaner? Right? They got the nozzle and they're cleaning the stairs. You go away from them. He's like, oh, get that disgusting sucking thing is like sucking it inwards. That's what slurping is. I'm pulling it in. I'm not going to get it on you. I'm pulling it inwards. Um, it's more likely to get on you 
just me holding it here in my hand than it is when I'm slurping it inwards. So that's what I want to ask you guys. Is that gross? Is slurping gross? And if it is, what's gross about it? Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send me the answers. Uh, I just, I'd love to know what you think on that. Um, like I said, more people have said that they found, that they found, they found my slurping the coffee, um, as something a little charming and unique to the podcast. It's just something that can be expected. And, and like I said, there's lots of podcasts where I can go the whole thing without having a drink or whatever. I have water or whatever. I try that whatever it is to give a little slurp. It's really just a nod to tradition on the podcast. So in case anyone has, you know, come in later and, and just been like, yeah, I always, I always tell when he's having a drink. Um, just know that I'm, I'm very capable of taking something. I got the bubbly here. I can drink without slurping. I just, it's, it's tradition. Oh, fuck. Sorry. The bubbly gave me the gas. I was hoping to just burp right into the mic to completely contradict everything I just talked about. Uh, but it wouldn't come. And now that I've let you in on the, uh, the thing, I don't, I don't like to burp like that, but <laughs> that's another thing too. We got roommates will just come out of their room literally and, and almost every single time, like in the evening, come out of the room on their way on the five steps from their room to the bathroom, uh, burp and then fart. No, excuse me. No covering the mouth, anything like that. Just, just an example of disgusting. And, uh, it always makes me just be like, hmm. I don't want to be that, you know, I'm the, I'm the fattest guy in the house. I should be like the one that you point that you point like that slovenly piece. Of, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I hold it quite well. I comport myself quite well for, a, for a large man. You know what I mean? Um, it'd be interesting if it was like a show, if it was a show about a bunch of animals, like they would have me as like a hippo or a rhino or something or, or a pig. But it would just be this big thing and you'd be like, oh, that's the slow, you know, Homer Simpson-esque thing. But but I would I, I think it would be funny because they have me as a character where I'm like, you know, the clean one. The neat freak is the giant hippopotamus, which would be hilarious. You know, I'm trying to think of what, uh, what geez, what's like the dirtiest animal you can think of? Just the, like the habits that are just completely disgusting. Like what's a, first off, what's a hoarder animal? I can't think of an animal that's like a hoarder. Um... Maybe, maybe I'll make that as a top five list at some point. Top five fat anthropomorphizing uh, animals, you know, hippo, rhino, pig. I'm having a hard time coming up with anyone that's beyond that. What are some other big fucking manatees, cows? Oh, it's easy. That's an easy list. There you go. There's five right there. Impromptu top five. Um, so, yeah. I just wanted to know what you guys thought. I'm, I'm not going to go down the road of the fucking animal show. That would, that would be funny to me though, is if it took everybody in this house and just like turned them into an animal and then put it. Cause then we can just not, we're, we're just having fun. Cause animals and stuff are doing the craziest things as people. Uh, so I got the uh, slurping thing out of the way. And I wanted to say this too, just in terms of coffee, cause this, this came up and it popped into my head. So why not throw it onto the list is I, I, uh, somebody asked me for a regular coffee. So this could be like two years ago. This came up recently. Um, back when I was living a life, um, I remember this happening. I, it might've been in the small interim of, uh, doing the Nespresso, uh, tour in uh, November. So it could have been, it could have been like, you know, maybe, maybe less than six months ago, but, uh, anywho, somebody ordered a regular coffee and, 
I didn't know this until I was in my thirties, I think, but, but, um, do you guys know what a regular coffee is like a regular, like if you ask for a regular coffee and I Googled it to see if it was universally the same, um, it seems to be different in Canada than in the States based on what Google says. But, um, the person who was requesting it when they said, I'll just, just give me a regular coffee. They understood regular coffee to mean a black coffee. And I've, and a lot of people have heard it. Yeah. I don't like a black coffee. Let me get a black coffee. Let me get a black coffee. You hear people call it a black coffee, because if you want a black coffee, you have to ask for that by name because a regular coffee, even though you know, verbally, it kind of feels like you're just asking, I just give me like a regular coffee. I don't need anything in it. That's not what a regular coffee is, uh, in Canada and predominantly Tim Hortons, which was like the biggest staple of coffee for the longest time. But, but you know, for a place that makes it for you, puts the stuff in like Starbucks, you got to go put your own shit in it. Right. I mean, (laughs) they're not charging you three times as much to be doing some of the work that the other places are doing, are they? But, uh, yeah, you ask for a regular coffee. It's like one cream, one sugar. So that's a regular coffee. And I just was wondering if, if anyone asked somebody this morning, I was like, do you know, just, I was thinking of it. I was like, Hey, do you know what a regular coffee is? And they were like, they, they took a stab at it. Uh, they didn't, they didn't say black, which is good. And, uh, and I was like, okay, fair. I got no, no, like there's no wrong answer per se. It wasn't a setup to like, ha ha, you don't know because lots, I guess a lot of people don't, but, but yeah, if you're going through a drive through, um, in the States, uh, they said in New York, it t- typically means one cream, two sugar. So it's either like, you know, like I said, here in Canada, a regular is like one cream, one sugar. We have the, you know, famous double, double saying, I don't know if they call it that in the States. I really don't think they do, but double, double means, you know, two and two, you know, let me get a three and three, triple, triple, three and three. I don't people do like four and four. And I'm like, you're basically just drinking sugar milk with a little bit of a coffee taste to it. But, uh, anywho. Um, regular coffee. Now, you know, if you didn't know, if you, if you go through a coffee place and you say, ah, just give me a regular coffee, know that you are not getting a black coffee. If you have anybody who ever asks you, says that I'll just take a regular coffee, just double check with them. So you mean one cream, one sugar, or you mean black coffee? Cause black coffee, I guess that's the lesson here that I'm trying to share with you is that a black coffee and a regular coffee are two very different things and make sure you know which one it is that you're asking for. Um, I visited with my buddy, uh, Aaron power. He was here doing his taxes with Jay because the rule is stay home and don't have guests over. So naturally Jason's not listening. Um, right. And at the same time, furious that they keep closing things down. But why, what does cause and effect mean? Um, having said that, um, Aaron was in the house and then he just sort of wandered over. He was my, my old colleague with, uh, doing open mic Mondays and absolute comedy. And we, he just sort of came over to say hello, you know, to my room. And I was like, Hey, but I were chatting for a couple minutes and a couple minutes turned into, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 20 minutes turned into like an hour and a half. And, uh, it was, it was nice chatting with them. We talked about all sorts of different stuff. Um, kept our distance, was mindful of, of the distance, but, but, you know, just wasn't a lot of touching of stuff and whatnot. I was just like, okay, but chatted with them and, um, and he was having some drinks. I guess he brought over some beers to, to have while he was doing his taxes and he finished like, or so he's, he's having his drinks and, uh, you know, getting progressively more inebriated, which went from just like regular shooting the shit to the beginning of the inebriation being like getting into some deeper stuff. Like we were just talking about, uh, neither one of us had, uh, had father figures growing up. Um, so we just kind of got into conversation about that. 
Um, and then, uh, and then like, then the alcohol really started to, to basically overtake his, his, uh, his, his demeanor. Um, and to the point where like, I think we got into an argument about something small and I remember exactly what it was and I'm not even going to talk about it because it doesn't make any sense. Um, right. When you have a sober person, a drunk person are like, like argue, it's, it's like, it's impossible to just even cut through. But, um, Aaron was actually at one point, Aaron was complimenting me on, um, on my ability to do voices and was saying that I should like factor them into, into my act. Like I should try to write more impressions into my, my act and stuff. And I, I got talking about how I don't really like impressions. And if you guys want, like I, I can actually go into it. I actually find impressions. Ah, oh, fuck. Am I going into it? It's we're already at the hour mark and I have a shitload of stuff to talk to you guys about. Um, I'm going to fucking skip belief. I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh, but I, uh, I will review it next week. I'll finish it and then I'll review it. That'll, uh, that'll make me feel like a less half-assed in terms of doing the review. And I can tell you guys something different. Um, and I'll do what I always do, which is probably misrepresent what I actually mean. But, um, but let's, uh, let's fucking give her. Okay. So, um, I, I feel like I'm good at doing voices and impressions, um, he was just saying too, he's like, you're like, you're naturally good at it. Um, which was, which was nice. I, 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 I appreciate the compliment. I accept that. Um, and he was like, well, but just like, why don't you do it more? He's like, I wish like, there's so many guys like wish they could do it. And you know, I just, he's like, it's a, it's a skill that you have that you're very talented at and you just won't do it. And I was telling him that like, I don't want to just do impressions for the sake of doing impressions. Like, no, no, don't do them. Not just for the sake of doing them, but like try to like write them into your act. I'm like, well, that's, isn't that deliberately trying to like shoehorn them in there? And we talked about some comedians we know that just like do an impression in their act and they're not even writing anything. You know what I mean? Like they're not, um, sorry, I'm trying to make sure that I, I, I phrase this in such a way that the people in the community who may listen to this don't immediately know who I'm talking about because I like all of them. I just don't like this aspect, but you know, um, they're not even doing jokes. They're literally just doing the impression, like saying a line from that character and singing. I'm like, well, it's, well, you're not creating anything in there. You're just going to look what I can do. It's like a trick, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's not a talent or anything like that, but like, you know, I don't, I don't like my act is I'm like trying to create something and I want it to be funny to me, uh, doing an impression. I'm going to pick something randomly. Like, let's say just pick doing an impression of Gollum to me. And just saying something that Gollum says, that's not, it's not funny. Maybe it was funny in that movie, but that comics like the Cardinal sin is stealing material. And I'm I'm not saying that doing an impression per se is stealing material, but if you're doing the voice of the character and you're just saying something that the character said in the movie, like, you know, Aaron was like, well, it's a reference. I'm like, well, it's not a reference. Like if I tell another guy's joke, am I just referencing it? You know, they, they basically they'll structure a weak joke like a weak setup so that the punchline can be something that was just a line from a movie in that character's voice. I really, I don't do anything in my act that I don't think is funny. Like I'm not going to pander. Um, and to me just doing a voice for the sake of doing it, like, Oh, doesn't that sound like the character and people are clapping as like, Oh, that was a really good impression. I'm like, it's, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I'll do like, to me, when I'm doing this podcast, with you guys, cause I, I was telling him, I'm like, I do voice in the podcast. He's like, Oh, so you think it's funny there? And I'm like, I'm not doing 
uh, like, okay, now I'm going to do Christopher Walken. Yeah, he hit this thing in his ass. Like, uh, you know, and that was really half-assed. Now, butch, I give the watch to you. Um, I see people doing, fuck, I watched, I watched something the other day. I think it was the Blockbuster one. There was a fucking guy uh, on that documentary, the last Blockbuster, who just kept doing impressions. Every time they were asking him something, he would just do an impression from a movie or something. It was so fucking obnoxious he wasn't really bad but it's just like something about watching someone do like hacky impressions that i just don't find funny like we all get the line from the, the movie we get it and you're just like we're asking they're clearly asking the question he just keeps doing the fucking you know doing all these famous people i don't know i i don't like it i i do voices on the podcast but i'm doing like a character it's not even a real person and it's something that i feel like they would say but I'm not doing it because I'm like, oh, I should, I, I'm going to write this into the podcast, do accent of dumb chick or stupid guy here. It's, you know, it, it adds emphasis to what I'm saying, but it's not like, oh, let me take that line from the movie. I'll do a back to the future reference, you know, line here. I don't know. I, uh, I don't like, I don't like impressions and I don't like accents just for the sake of accents either. You know what I mean? I think what Russell Peters is doing is fucking pathetic. Um, and the thing too, is, and I've said this on the podcast before is that I saw Russ, Russell Peters, uh, like everyone around the world knows him now, but Russ is Canadian comic. I saw his comedy now, which was like the Canadian version of comedy central presents and Russ did a great, great act. Um, had his classic, somebody going to get a hurt real bad joke about his dad in there and see, like, I didn't do that impression to be insulting or anything like that. It's just, that's what he says. Right. It's, it is definitely, it is a perfect reference to what he's saying in, in terms of like, if it was like, oh, you know, his joke about somebody going to get a hurt real bad. Well, that's not what he's, it's not exactly what Russ says. Anyways, uh, he does all the accents on that, on that, uh, special. So he does that joke. He does some other jokes, but the, the vast majority of that special is him doing Asian accents and Jamaican accents and Indian accents. And it's just accents. The jokes are funny. You know, he's like, you know, Asian people will go into a store and, you know, hey, can I help you with something? Uh, oh, no, uh, just uh, looking. Um, I don't have an issue with that. You know what I mean? Like, people talk like that. Um, but I, I I, do take issue in the equality of how come when one person does an accent, it's racist, and the other person does it, and it's a million-dollar entertainment, you know, future or whatever. Um, racist is racist is racist. First off... I, I'll take this opportunity. What, like, what fucking rabbit hole am I walking down verbally right now? Um, the <sighs> racist is to in, in, infer or suggest that one race is better than another. If you're quoting somebody, like I told you guys that story about the Asian woman who wouldn't let me buy more than one cheeseburger at McDonald's, like the employee at McDonald's, because she's like, you have too many pimpo. You have too many pimpo. Now, someone would go, oh, doing that accent's racist. Why? What part of that is me suggesting that her race is any better or worse than another? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, if I was to say, oh, my God, all, all, all Asian people sound so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, now there's an inference of better or worse or whatever. But to quote someone, like, that's the thing. If, if, if I'm telling a story about, like, you know chatting with a guy here or whatever and he had an accent like i'm trying to 
if I'm telling you a story, I'm trying to represent it as accurately as possible. So to deliberately like pull back on it because I'm like, oh, I'm worried about what you think. It even changed to me, honestly, like it changes the context of the story to me. Um, it, it can, you know, and some, and the thing too is like with accents and stuff, it's like, here's the thing. Why is it funny to laugh at something that a kid says, you know, but it's not funny, but it's racist to laugh at, at, you know, like, a, like a mistake in the language, um, from, from somebody who's from somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of comics that'll do jokes about how, how French sounds in English. Well, that's not a race. It's a, it's a culture or whatever, a language, I guess, background. I don't know. Um, but it's just funny. Like you can make, you can, you can tell a joke about what a dumb thing a kid said or, or laugh at something funny a kid said, right? You're not like ageist because of it. I don't know. I think people are really looking for way too many reasons to get mad about bullshit. Um, it's, it's kind of a little nonsensical, but again, if, if, you know, Russell Peters can literally make fun of the way people talk for a living and it's fine. People want to pay millions of dollars for it, you know? And it's not that old stupid rule where it's like, well, he's Indian. So he can make fun of the Indian accent and you're black. So you can make fun of like the black. It's like, no, he does them all. And it's like, well, he's the minority. So it's, it's like the, the, the people who are trying to make the rules are such ass backwards fucks. It, it doesn't make any sense. So going back to like, why don't I just put, you know, impressions or accents or things like that into my act is like for starters, um, I don't find an impression funny. Okay. Here's a, Aaron and I were joking about it. Here's like, a, you know, if, if so-and-so and so-and-so had a baby, it might go a little something like this. And he does the turnaround and he's going to like fucking, yeah. Like we were saying like, and not, he's like, not like, I'm not trying to say like that, but I was just like, look for me to do something if I feel like it's going to make a joke funnier, if it comes organically, sure. But you're never going to see me be like, Hey, you know, so-and-so like if I do a reference to something, you know, like when I'm doing the, Hey, Hey, you know, what does that, what do you got here, buddy? Like, you know, if I'm going to do a, an accent or something like that or a, or a character, sure. I'll do characters, but I'm not going to like, like do an actual movie character and just, Hey, let's just talk like that person because isn't, aren't I funny? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I I've never found an opportunity where I'm like, I'm just going to shoehorn in a, uh, an actor because I can, because I can, I'm good at voices. So let's just that there's, there's acts like their whole fucking act is doing impressions and doesn't it get fucking old? You know what I mean? Like, have you guys not seen these guys, Frank Caliendo, uh, look him up. He was on mad TV. He is talented. But I just like, there's even like his, uh, I heard his special on the radio, like the AOL radio years ago. And the last bit of his fucking set, like his closer, you know, he's doing impressions the entire time is, is he's like running through the game and it's like supposed to be like, almost like a, like a ventriloquist, you know, like, like back and forth, back and forth, like the, the dummy him, dummy him, dummy him and changing your voice and that. And he's just like, um, Frank Caliendo is not an ventriloquist, but I'm just saying that like, he's trying to, I guess, do this thing where like, look how fast he can change voices and impressions. And it's just a mess in the end. It's like, he's changing quickly, but it's also like, he's saying like one word at a time. So it's almost hard to even get it wrong when you're switching so fast, talking so fast. It just, it's just gross. I don't know. And that's, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not a talent. It's just fucking gross. So uh, or maybe I just can't take a compliment. Like I said, Aaron was trying to say like, Hey man, you're just naturally talented at that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, if 
You know, if I'm talking and I think, you know, it has like a vibe of like a Russian sort of intimidation, then maybe I do Russian voice, you know, you talk about Russian. Um, I'll give you a good example of, uh, of, uh, of a joke where I guess someone's doing an impersonation, but it's not a bit is, um, it just popped in my head. The Russian accent is, uh, Dan Soder. Dan Soder has this great bit about how, like when he goes to other towns, you know, uh, he's, he's never sure about like, like the, 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 the neighborhoods and areas and stuff like that. So like whenever, like, you know, he's always ready in case like he gets approached in a bad, you know, a bad neighborhood or whatever, you know, someone comes up to him and he's like, yo man, what you doing in my, what you doing in this neighborhood? It's not safe for you. He's like, I'll just fake a Russian accent and be like, you think this is bad neighborhood? You know, like he just, it. It's a good job. I can't remember how, what he says or whatever, but it's a very short thing, but it's basically just about how, like how terrifying that is as a concept, just like, you know, cause you know, Russian people get into some fucking KGB shit or whatever. And so just the idea that like, you know, if you're intimidated, just put on a Russian accent, someone's like, Hey, what you doing out here all by yourself? You know, it's not, it's not safe. And like, you think this bad neighborhood, that would be the kind of, uh, usage I would have for accents or, or impersonations would be not a character that's already established. But if I think that that's going to create, if it's going to work and I do, I kept telling him, I have them in my act already. I would point them out and he's like, yeah, but like, I think, I really think that he just wanted me to do impressions. A lot of people sometimes too, like, just think you can do it. I had a friend, I have lots of friends who will be like, yeah, I was the, I was driving down the street the other day and I saw this thing and I was like, yeah, you know, you could make like a joke out of that. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? What was funny about it? They're like, I don't know. I just thought it was weird, but like, I, I felt like there was a joke there, but like, you could make a joke out of it. I'm like, well, I, why do I have to do the work? You know, if you, you don't, you can't even express to me why you thought it was funny, let alone do the work of making it relatable and, and crafting a joke. It would be like going up to a carpenter, right? Or maybe, uh, maybe like a carver, a carver, whittler, whittler, sculptor, whatever. And just being like, Hey, I found this rock. Like you can make like a sculpture out of it. Well, I don't, I, thanks. Like you're just giving me a, a job to do. Like, you know, you have got no, you don't have like an outline. You don't have a sketch of what you think it could look like. It's uh, just like, you know, like I, I saw this rock and I was like, Oh, it's probably a cool rock. Like, I bet you could, I bet you could make something out of it. You should make something out of it. So I've just, I, I, I take to politely saying people like, Oh, thank you very much. But like without any suggestion, if you can't even tell me what you found funny about it in like long form, you know, I'll, I'll give you another example. Wow. Am I ever talking today? You know what? I'm just killing time before I can fucking eat. <laughs> That's 1136. Uh, I was hoping if I got up at five, I could have this thing out to you guys for 7am so that you can have this for your morning. This, this will be out early afternoon. I apologize. Um, I'll give you an example of like the, the work of a comic, right? Like I've had a joke that I've wanted to write for years just because I thought it was funny. Um, as I get older, I lose faith in the medical industry and stuff like that. And I just remember there was a period of time where I was like sick. I was sick chronically and I'd gone to the walk-in clinic three times over the course of like two months because they would give me antibiotics and then I, I wouldn't get any, like I, I would get better, but not, not, you know, not over it. I would just improve and I just had this cough and I couldn't get rid of it. And I even ended up calling, believe it or not, my, my, my doctor out of retirement. I was like going through the phone book and it was like, you know, H Aless Alexis. And I was like, would that happen? I called him like, would this happen to be, you know, blank Alexis, whatever. Yes. I'm like, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I'm a former, you know, client and blah, blah, blah. And he actually, 
so get this. He actually, like I told him what I was going through and, and he made the suggestion um, to just get a humidifier and uh, that made all the difference, all the difference. I actually started to get better after it. Whereas the guys who are currently, this guy was retired. Whereas these assholes were currently practicing medicine, different ones. Not one of them thought like, Hey, so how is the, the rest of your breathing environment? God, I hate everything in life these days. Sometimes it's like the people who are supposed to fucking know, don't know shit. And that leads me back to the whole, you know, vaccine and this and that there's the half that are like, it's absolutely terrible. And then there's the half that's like, you got to believe everything. Everybody's your buddy. They all want to help. Like get the fuck out of here. Um, so I remember thinking to myself, because again, I'm a comic. I don't have any medical coverage. Like every prescription, everything comes right out of pocket for me. So I just remember thinking like, I, I kept going to the doctor and I'm sitting there and I'm paying a shitload of money and nothing's happening. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I would be interested in going like with some sort of like holistic way. I'm like, at least you know, like maybe I, I, you know, go out, let's go to the woods and, and I'll, I'll talk to some witch doctor that'll dance around a fire and then, you know, slit a goat's throat and then, you know, see if that works any better for healing me. Cause I'm like, I'm getting about the same results from the, the medical community. And in my head, I'm just thinking like, okay, well, you know, Hey, you know, it's, it can't be cheap. That can't be, that can't be cheap. You know, you have to go and buy a goat. I'm sure a goat's not cheap. How much does a goat cost? you know, or a chicken or whatever it is. Plus, you know, the, the makeup and this and that, like, you know, for the, the mat, like they, it's gotta be expensive. You know, I'm like, it probably costs like, I, I remember in my head just thinking like, it's gotta cost like 80 bucks or something like that. Like, it would be expensive to, to go into the woods and, and, and create a sacrifice. And then in my head, I'm like, you know what? I remember paying like $80 for my prescription that did fuck all for me. And it was boring. We just sat there on the fucking, as Seinfeld calls it, the butcher paper sitting around waiting. Like at least, at least with voodoo and witchcraft, at least you get a fucking show out of the deal. You know what I mean? Dance around a fire. It's like some weird Cirque du Soleil show, but the dance around the fire, slit a throat. Like it's an experience. I, I guarantee more memorable than just sitting around in a fucking waiting room reading. Who picks those magazines? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The dumbest. Anyways, all I'm saying is that to me, I wanted to write that joke because I thought it was funny. The idea that like people scoff at like, at like spiritual medication and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, but when you're, I know so many people that for a multitude of different reasons and ailments have like been chronically going back to the doctors, trying to find out what it is and solutions and spending money and getting nowhere. And I'm like, well, if you're gonna waste your money and get nowhere, you know, like I said, with, with, with spiritual witch doctor, whatever the fuck it is, at least they put on a fucking show. You know what I mean? So that's an example of here's what I find funny about it. Now that's, that's not the whole, that's the joke has never been performed live. The joke has never been really flushed out, right? Because that's too long. There's no real big laugh points at it. You know, I, I think the biggest laugh in that whole concept is the whole, Hey, at least, you know, if you're going to cut, if you're going to charge me a hundred bucks, put on a fucking show. You know what I mean? Um, but if someone came to me and was like, Hey, I thought of this thing. Like, Hey, you should like make a joke out of it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if like, that's part of them, like hoping that I make a joke. And then someday they're like, Hey, I gave them that joke. It's like, no, you no, you said, Hey, I saw two people like both like walk over this piece of garbage on the ground. And I thought it was like funny. So like, you should make a joke out of it. Like what? What was funny about it? I, know, like, I just thought you could make that funny. Well, I can make things funny. I have no interest in it. 
I have no interest in just your concept. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm taking requests. All right, somebody, I'm not an improv guy. Yeah, someone give me a job. Someone give me a weird location. Give me a name of a family member. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not, I'm not looking for more. I have, I have tons of notes of shit that I actually think is funny that I got to distill down into a joke, but I just, I, I'm, I'm not ungrateful for the kind, I guess the good intention. I'm grateful for the, um, the, uh, I don't know. It just feels like someone's handing me work. Like I said, if you could explain to me what you find, what you found funny, I don't care if it's long form. At least I know kind of where your head was at. And then maybe I can work with it. Cause we've even like, it's funny because two people might find a situation funny, but for different reasons. Like I've had comics where we do writing groups where someone will present an idea like they'll present the premise and then people immediately start workshopping and spitballing it. And I, I've, I've had to be like, guys, stop, hold on a second. Like, and you can see that that person is like visibly like they, they talk, oh no, I thought it was funny. Cause of like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, so I've learned to like, before we even start workshopping something with comics is go, tell me like, what do you think? Like, what's, what's funny about that to you? So that like, if we're going to workshop it with you, like, let's not go off in a different direction. Let's like, what do you find funny about that? So we can work with your thing. So that's where like, you know, I, I, if someone was going to do that for me, I'd just say like, what do you, what do you find funny about that? Explain it to me because just saying, like, I saw this thing, you could make a joke. I'm like, yeah, maybe I could, if I tried real hard, but right now I don't even understand what you perceived from it. So as much as you're like, Hey, you should do impressions or, Hey, you should just, Hey, I saw this thing. You can make it funny. Listen, uh, quit your day job. If you need to, <laughs> this feels, I feel kind of cunty saying this, but, um, if, if, if subconsciously your thing is like, oh, I gave him the idea. Now you can live vicariously through me. Like I'll write a joke and you can be like, that was my idea. You, you got to find something else to fulfill yourself. I can't, uh, I can't do that. Or, or if you're just a nice person and you thought it was funny and you think you're helping me. Great. Tell me what was funny about it. Because I got to tell you guys, 99% of the time, someone's like, oh, I saw this thing and I thought it was funny. You should make a joke. They're, they're giving me nothing. You know what I mean? It's as, it's as useful as when someone comes up to me after a show, like, oh, this guy right here. And they're pointing at their buddy, man, you should, you should joke. You should tell jokes about him. You should, you should talk about this guy, man. He's a character. Great. I have no idea who he is. And let me tell you something. Nobody that I talk to in front of, you know, when I'm on stage knows who he is. These are the, this, this is like the over, and this is from a th- being hit with it a thousand times. It's like, I'm sure your friend makes you laugh, but you know him. I don't, I don't know him. Audiences don't know him. Oh my God. You guys, you guys know Steve. Steve is uh man. He's this guy like Steve comes into work and he's got like his shirt on fucking backwards. It's fucking hilarious. Is it? Maybe it's hilarious when you live in what I described earlier, the dead, government cubicle thing. Somebody's some person comes up. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. He's wearing jeans and it's Thursday. It's not Friday yet. You don't get to pick your pants on Thursday. You wear the mandated ones. I don't know if that's funny to you, but it's not. Uh, ah, now I'm bitching. Sorry guys. I, I, I don't like when I'm bitching. Don't like when I'm bitching. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, I don't know where the fuck all of that came from. Oh, that was Aaron complimenting me. Um, but I was trying to say that we got into a stupid argument uh, midway through no point in even trying to explain it. All I know is that he stormed off upset 
And I went outside and I was like, dude, come back. Let's, let's resolve it. And I was actually impressed. We ended up being outside talking for like two hours, but I took like the drunk, like anger, frustration, talking over you. Like he's not going to listen to like being patient you know, being productive with everything that I was saying, like not triggering defenses, not triggering aggression, not making him feel attacked. And somebody who I worked with for years, who I could never successfully do that with, you know, um, all the things I've learned about communication and psychology and defensiveness and all those different things, I was able to employ them. Um, I was able to employ them and actually get great results from it. Um, to the point where, you know, it wasn't COVID safe, but he, he gave me a hug afterwards and, and said he was sorry and everything like that. So, um, which I've never been able to do with this person. This person will get drunk and they don't give a fuck what they're saying or whatever. They will be aggressive and, and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, wasn't the case this time and, uh, it worked out great. Um, so I, I was happy about that. I was, I was grateful for the compliment. I was grateful um, it was a, it was something that really stood out to me because it was nice to actually be able to resolve an argument productively and whatnot with, uh, with a friend, um, using a lot of the stuff that I'd learned. How about that? Good news guys. Only 973 more topics to talk about this week. Um, I'm just feeling good. I'm, I am feeling good as much as me bitching about that. I like, I like talk. It would be a lot easier to, um, I'm talking with people. Some people are like, um, interested in doing, you know, an episode with me. Everyone's like, it's, it's always better when I have two people. And I agree. It's just, just so it's not an expectation. It's hard to, to, you know, it's hard to book people. All right. People bail and shit all the time. Um, but I am enjoying having co-hosts and, uh, I also love people will shit on me where it's like, oh yeah, the one man podcast where there's guests, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm still the one man. I'm the one man that's there all the time. That's uh, that's the whole idea. Um, so uh, basically, oh, that would be great. Sorry, I just had an idea for something. But um, the uh, the podcast there, the beautiful podcast. Uh, what was it here? Um, do 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 do. Feeling good. Got some friends want to be on the podcast. I like I like sharing uh, I like sharing my people with you guys the people that I get to meet and whatnot. Like I said, I, I had a good chat with my friend Nell. She's great. And, uh, and funny, you know what I mean? Uh, Vanessa, I should say, uh, she's, she's hilarious. Um, I have so many people in my life that, that are so great. Like I love cracking them up. You know what I mean? I, you know what? I, I gotta be honest with you guys. It's actually the people that I know that have the most stressful lives when I can make them laugh. Like I gotta tell you, it makes me feel so good. Do you know what I mean? That I can just like, that I can give them that little escape. Like I said, I can't be the office guy. I can't do it, but I can be the guy that makes you the office guy laugh. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like I can give you an escape. I really am like, I'm going to try to lean into this, like stop being down on myself for not being the office guy and start really embracing the fact that you're the medicine to an extent for the office guy or girl or non-binary, non-identifying, yada, 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 just to be safe. I'd still like to be here next week. All right. I think we're, uh, we're getting down to the, uh, the nitty gritty here. You guys want to hear something stupid? This is, oh, wow. Wow. Did that ever make a lot of noise? I apologize. I whacked the fucking, uh, clipboard there to the, uh, the back of the mic. I, I'm sorry about that guys. Didn't mean to. Um, 
<laughs> you guys ever hear the term, uh, are you a grower or a shower? Um, I, <laughs> I remember, um, Googling this morning, what a micro penis is. Um, because I've heard the term, like, it's obviously, the notes, oh, this guy over here has got a micro penis. Like it's an insult. Um, and I looked it up because, uh, I was like, oh, but what's a, what's a micro penis? And it's like apparently like super small, super small penisia. Um, you know, like a little uh, little feller when he's born, feller, as he would undoubtedly identify as you know previous to ten years ago, just a young feller with a penis. Uh, apparently, they got like little little absolutely tiny winky little little dongs, and it's like it can be diagnosed early. Like the guy's got a little micro penis, and they can treat it with like testosterone and stuff like that to like make it bigger, not, not even average size, but just bigger. Right. Um, anyways, I was, I was reading it because like, I, <laughs> it's, a, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but basically I'm a dude, I'm a dude. Okay. Who has a small flaccid penis. Okay. So like, I, and I, flaccid, flaccid. So like, I mean, if you're, <laughs> And it's, and it's fucking pathetic, probably made worse by the fact that I'm overweight. So there's like extra, just extra stuff down there. It's just, you know, if it was just right against the, the pubic bone, I'm sure there'd be more to see. But like the way that I'm at now is like, it basically looks like I have like an Audi, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is where I say like, I will embarrass myself before I get the office job. All right. So here's where you're fucking, this is what you've been waiting for. If you've stuck it out right now, here's the, hopefully the couple of fucking laughs at my expense coming, but I am like, uh, yeah, I, basically like, it looks like I have like an Audi belly button. <laughs> like that's how small it is. Is it like retracts in me like a turtle hiding? So it's like, it just looks like this. It looks like I have an Audi belly button above a, a set of balls. You know what I mean? It's pathetic. And I, I was like really self con I mean, when I was younger, it's not like I was running around and flashing my cock at people. Um, but I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember like one time we were in the shower in, uh, I think it was in high school or, or, you know, the gym or something like that. And my buddy Mika, one of my, my, my good friends for years, it wasn't just like me and him. Cause that would have been weird, but it was just like, it was like a bunch of us. And Mika's like, Oh my God, dude, you got like some serious baby dick going on over there. And I'm like, huh. And, and the thing is, I think that the only reason uh, that I can say this is because I, I actually wasn't until I was in my thirties that I'd heard the term growers or showers. So someone's like, and I was like, what the fuck is that? It's like, well, some people are like showers. So it's like, what you see is what you get. And then there's some people that are growers, like where, it, where, it, you know, it fills in and, and then, you know, and I think that person was even like, you know, uh, fuck, I'm having a hard time remembering who the person was. But I remember them saying that like often growers can actually be bigger than the showers. And I was like, whatever. All I know is that the very limited amount of people that I've been with were all like, I don't know. I don't know what you call the, 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 the okay symbol with your fingers. You know what I mean? Three, the index and thumb touching and you, Hey, Hey, okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, you know, Hey, everything's uh no complaints, but I remember being embarrassed. I remember the, the girl who took my virginity, she took it. She didn't even ask. I've talked about that. Um, I just remember like at first I was like, oh my God, like, like get her. Like I, cause I did not expect her to even touch me down there. I just thought we were making out. And it was, she just like reached down and like started grabbing. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I was getting hard. I was like, oh fuck, come on, get hard. And she's like, shut up. And I'm like, what? She's like, it's big. 
shut up. And I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, but I, I thought about that. I was like, and even today I was like, I was Googling it this morning. I'm like, do I like, is a micro penis, like a super small flask penis? And it's not. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a, like, it's, you'd never think someone would be disappointed to not have a micro penis. Um, but I was just like, yeah, it would explain a lot. You know what I mean? Could I, <laughs> could I, could I check that off on a job application as having a disability? Isn't that, isn't that in the movie? Isn't that in the fucking movie? Small dicks like a disability. Yeah. It was in the, the first scary movie. It's a little picture. It says, I know, but it's a picture of his small little cock. By the way. Oh, and that's where the term baby dick came from that Mika got because it would have been after scary movie. So we'd know if we were in high school, it's serious baby dick, man. And that's exactly what that happens. It's like, you know, like, I no, I know Ray's like, I got one too. He's like, Ray's got a baby dick too. It's like, no, I got a picture. <laughs> but uh, he runs around holding the Polaroid. Hey, man, this is not fucking cool. Small dick's like a disability, man. Um, fuck. <laughs> Anyways, so it turns out I don't have. And apparently, uh, I was just reading everything I read about like my, like micro penises is like if you're if you catch it early, like an infant, they can rub topical like testosterone on it. Or, or inject testosterone and it'll like, it'll help stimulate the growth of the little, little failures wang, but it still will not ever be like, it'll never be an average size penis. It'll be like a below average, but at least it won't be a tiny little schmeckle, <laughs> right? So yeah, how about that? That's something you know about me. Isn't that gross ladies? Uh, I <laughs> just, uh, I, I, I do have to say that, uh, when, when I was with, uh, when I was with Crystal, I, uh, my, uh, she never made me feel bad about that. And it was never, and it was like, here's the thing. I know body language. So, you know, when someone's being nice and when someone's trying to be supportive and, and whatever, um, never got that, but it's still like, as a guy, like it's embarrassing, you know, because you're just like, well, what if I ever met somebody new or just anything like that? Or even, and honestly, even if just you care about your partner, is that a weird thing? Maybe is a, maybe I'm wrong to say that. It's not like if you care about your partner, but like, like you, you, you know, you know, your own, your own self image is so pivotal and important in the bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, I know that there was times in my past, uh, with, with crystal where I, uh, like I couldn't, I couldn't come or anything like that. Um, and I know at the time it like kind of made her feel like, like it was, it was my attraction level to her. And I was like, no, it's, it's all in my head. Like, yeah, like you, it's, let's put it this way. Like, and, and yeah, I, I think I've talked about in the past where just, just generally speaking, like there can be pressures in the bedroom with couples and, you know, like, sometimes your, your partner feels like they're the reason that you can't finish and you're stuck in your own head. And it's like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't finish. Cause I'm like, ugh. and then like, I, I used to, I, 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 I don't think that she would mind me sharing this. I try not to like talk about stuff that's, that's intimate or whatever, but like, like there'd be times like I, I, the idea of her going down on me is like, I have a hard time. Like it, it feels good, but I have a hard time just like relaxing and enjoying it because I'm, I'm always like criticizing and being insecure of myself. Like, oh my God, what must that look like? Like do it. And I'm just like, this has got to be horrible for her. And <laughs> which is like so insecure, 
But it's like when you're in your head like that, you can't, you can't come. And then the next time it's like, oh, sorry, it's me. Like I'm, I'm too stuck in my head. So then now it's like, you know, you're still having the same thoughts and the added pressure of like, well, if I don't come, I'm going to make her feel bad and stuff. And it's not your partner's fault, but it's just like, you know, ah, you gotta feel good about yourself. It's, it's often like, that's the thing too. We have all got our insecurities and I'm sure even, you know, partner stuff or whatever, but it's fucked. And that's why you got to talk about it. That's why you got to start a podcast and talk about your micro penis, which isn't even a micro penis. Apparently, um, the level of like grower. So grower, right? Shower is what you see, what you get. You know what I mean? It basically just passes out and hangs straight down and stays the same length. So when it's hard or soft, it's the same thing. Um, and then you get your growers where you never know what you're going to get. It's like the old, uh, Forrest Gump penis, right? The box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get until you put it in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I thought, I don't know. I, I, maybe that's more of a more just embarrassing now than, uh, than funny. I thought it was fucking hilarious where I'm literally like, maybe that's what happens when I get up too early in the morning and start Googling. Do I have a micro penis? I'll tell you, I'll tell you where that stemmed from is, uh, I was watching, uh, I've been watching a lot of romantic comedies lately. All right. Turning myself into a big softy. And, uh, I watched the movie enough said, and it's staring James Gandolfini. It was the last thing he did, I believe, before he died. Uh, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And I liked that romantic... It wasn't even a... Com- I don't even think it was a, ro- a comedy. I don't think it was a romantic comedy. I think it was just kind of a little romance movie. A little, little love story or whatever. Um, but I would think that the most accurate place... Like it wasn't a drama. So I think that the most accurate place you could put it was romantic comedy. But... Um, I liked it because they were older. They're people who'd both been divorced and like dating. So it had a sweeter sort of as good as it gets vibe to it. Like as good as it gets was definitely a romantic comedy and incredibly sweet and incredibly like, Oh, what a great fucking movie. But, um, enough said, which we watched, uh, we, which, uh, which I watched on stars, um, was it reminded me, um, that's on uh, Disney, by the way. Um, so I saw it on that. It was a sweet movie because you're looking at people who are a little older, like the priorities are different. It's not like they're going out clubbing and stuff like that. Like it was really cool. I definitely related more to like that level of dating and, and stuff like that. But it, uh, it really reminded me of, uh, of my relationship with Crystal. In fact, funny enough, like Julie Louis Dreyfus, like her mannerisms and her mousiness and stuff at times were, were like my, my previous relationship. Um, but there's a scene where she goes over to his house. Like they have a, a, a nice date and then like, he's like, yeah, you want to come over for brunch or whatever? And he like cooks for her and he's just like, he's just in a t-shirt and jogging pants or whatever, or, or, or pajama pants or whatever. And she's like, oh, or did you forget what day? And he's like, no, it was like, just, it's casual, you know, we're just having brunch, you know? Um, it was kind of cool to see like his level of, of security and confidence in himself. Um, but there's literally a part, uh, where, you know, they're, they're saying they're talking and she's like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can see your penis. He's like, what? She's like, I can see your penis. It looks like, oh my God. Like it's like hanging out of the, at the hole in the thing or whatever. And he's like, oh God. And he goes over to, to, into his room, puts some pants on, but he's leans out the door and he's like, how'd it look? Or how was it? <laughs> you know? And she's like, I, ah, you look healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they both laugh. Um, and it just reminded me, there was actually a time when we were young, uh, 
where we went swimming at a place in Ottawa called like Black Bridge. So there's a, a bridge that spans the Ottawa River and myself, Crystal, and a couple of our friends went swimming there. Uh, we were jumping off the bridge into the water and then like walking out of the water to climb back up the bridge. And I remember just like, I, I jump off, I come up out of the water and I start walking up towards where Crystal is standing at the bike path to get up to the bridge. And she's, as soon as I'm like walking out, I'm looking at her and she's just standing there like dying laughing. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, what? And she's, she's still just laughing. I go, what is so fucking funny? And she just points down at my crotch. I look down and I honestly don't know what was hanging out of my pants. I don't know if it was a testicle or, or, or my, or my dick, whatever. I mean, it was a lot thinner in those days. It was probably my penis, but I just remember thinking of that now. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And that's what got me on the whole, like, like he, no one would look at mine flaccid and be like, it looks healthy. I was like, mine looks like one of those, those, you know, uh, alopecia rats that has like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I just look like a, a bald scrotum, you know, wrinkle sack. Okay. Uh, if you're still listening, I'm going to move, uh, I'm going to move on. <laughs> the, uh, podcast is definitely gonna be a two hour one. Um, but I'm just going to move, uh, move on to it. I watched, um, I watched a, a, a movie this weekend called, uh, Hell House. And this will be my segue into the top five and then, uh, to release you on to your day. Time is now 1222. I've paused you guys a couple times to answer some text messages and, and whatnot throughout. Take a little breather. Um, I watched a movie called Hell House. Um, it was recommended to me and, uh, it was like, Hey, it's like this independent movie, but it's like kind of creepy and it was creepy. Um, but it was like low budget. Um, apparently there's two sequels. Uh, so there's, there's like a, a two and, and three. I don't know how inclined I'd be to watch them, but you never know. Um, the, the story is about like this group of people. It starts off. I would say that, um, they shot themselves in the foot, uh, by starting off with like this found footage that was on YouTube because like they could have just said, Hey, an incident happened. And then here's the found footage of what it was, a group of people, blah, blah, blah. But instead they show like, they showed too much at the beginning, in my opinion, because it really left for things not being overly, uh, spooky in the end. However, hell house is a movie about a group of people, maybe four or five of them. I don't remember exactly, but like some, a group of friends who have like a scary haunted house business. They go into an, like, like everywhere they host it in a different place. So like they go into a town and rent a venue and completely re like, this is the premise. They completely revamp the venue and they, uh, um, what is it? They, they revamp the venue they, they put, you know, deck it out so that it's a super scary and then call it hell house and people pay money. They line up and they pay money and they go in and they experience the scariness of the hell house. So the concept was interesting now and necessary for, you know, like, oh, they, they buy this haunted, you know, uh, restaurant or whatever the fuck it was. I don't think it was a restaurant, but it kind of was like, I think it was a hotel, and they're going to do it all up and there's a basement and a bar area and all this stuff. And again, very low, seemingly very low budget, but, uh, the, once it starts kind of going the, the whole, like 
like the budget isn't enough to be like, oh, we're this like crazy big haunted house. Like imagine like if you thought like some giant special effects company would buy a house and then redo it, like what you would expect to see. And what this ended up being was like a bunch of different, like it was just like every room had different mannequins in it. And they would take mannequins and put like a scary, like a, like a uh, Halloween store mask on it. And like, that was supposed to be scary. It, the movie was creepy because what they were doing was like the, it was like one of those found footage ones. Right. So it wasn't like, you know, uh, production value where it's like, you know, uh, stable cameras and they're filming it. Like it's, it's not, it's not like a, a regular scene. It's like, it's like, Oh, we're, we're doing it. Like we found this footage and we were documenting it the whole time. But the issue was like, so a lot of the freaky stuff came from like, there were jump scares because like, you know, they put a mannequin down and the mannequin, you know, they, they were even saying things like, Oh no, these, these mannequins, their heads don't move. Like they were saying it in advance so you're like, well, I know why you said that. That's foreshadowing. You know, their heads don't move. So later when you see a mannequin and its heads moved, it's like, oh, that's their heads don't do that. You know what I mean? So that like, you could kind of see some of the formulaic horror movie stuff coming. It was still uh, creepy. They did it like, like they, I would say that they did very well with, with clearly the budget that they had. Um, lots of stuff like, you know, uh, there was, there seemed to be a lot of different, uh, entryways and stuff around. So it wasn't like where, you know, you have like one way out and one way up the stairs to the basement. It seemed like there was different staircases and, and different hallways that would all lead kind of around in circular ways. So you could like, you could, you could have something behind you and then run around and then it's in front of you again or something like it's, it's a little difficult to describe, but basically they would, you know, uh, there's the mannequin standing there. Hey, did you put that there? Whatever. Then they, you know, hear a noise somewhere else, turn around the other way, look, and then they look back and the mannequin's a little closer or its head is turned or something like that. Like it's not a lot, but it was enough to be creepy. You know what I mean? Come back and it's right closer. You turn a corner and boom, it's standing right there. You know, they never moved. You know what I mean? They never moved, uh, in terms of like came to life or anything like that. At least not anything that I noticed. Um, the, it was a bit dark, at times, like where, you know, you would see like that. Yeah, and that's where you really got to be like hats off to some of these uh, larger production companies doing these found footage movies because choosing where to have the camera angled that makes sense. Like if two people were talking in that moment, they wouldn't, you know, there's sometimes where you're, where you're watching a found footage one and you're like, the guy's still got the camera right in the guy's face and he's freaking out and he's not even acknowledging, dude, put the fucking camera down. There's, but there's lots of them where they do, where they're like having an argument or whatever. And you see like the camera's down or whatever. And they'll even take that opportunity to maybe even show you like something's going on in the background that they're not paying attention to because they're arguing or whatever. So it allows the characters to get frustrated with each other and, and, and freak out and stuff like that. And still, the the uh, after watching this i have uh, a little bit more respect for a lot of these production companies that do the found footage movies because it really shows that like at every moment you have to kind of keep things interesting on screen so people don't get don't get bored you know what i mean like there's a lot of work that goes into that stuff um because i was like losing interest a lot and because a lot of times like even when they were trying to show you something it was too dark and darkness can be an effective, scary tactic, but when it's just two people sitting at a table having a conversation, I can't really see what's going on or whatever. Like you, you kind of lose interest. Um, but, uh, it, I, I would say if you haven't seen it, it was on Amazon prime, uh, hell house is what it's called. It was, um, it was creepy. Um, I, th there was a couple parts of the movie where like, you know, someone's filming, like guys like filming himself 
talking and you can see like a, a red light in the background. Like, so there's like the doorway to the room and it's a red light. And then you can see like nothing but darkness around it. And then you would see like something walk by, you know what I mean? And you could tell it was like, um, it looked like a, like a woman, like it looked like an old woman in an insane asylum, like frizzy hair or whatever, you know, and even turned around and spoke to it. And he's like, Oh, are you sleepwalking? Yeah. Right. And it just turned around and like walked away. And he's like, it's like, no, oh, that was weird. And I was like, dude, we didn't even see what the fuck it was. You didn't even see what the fuck it was. You know what I mean? That would have freeze like, eh, whatever. And I'm like, if you're so nonchalant about that, how'd you guys get freaked out about like the mannequin moved or something like that? Like at no point did they move, you know, there was one that was sitting at a piano and they're all together and someone's playing the piano. Right. And they're like, they go running and the play, piano plays literally until they turn the corner and are looking right at it. And it's just the dummy or the mannequin sitting there at the, the piano doing nothing, not moving, but the piano was playing like it. So it was just like, it, they did a good, again, it, low budget. You gotta, you gotta do as much off screen and move things around. Like, you know, when you do that whole, like the mannequin standing there and you turn the camera, what was that? Because the door slammed and turn back and the mannequins, you know, two feet closer. It's like, well, yeah, it's like, it's, that's an easy thing to stage, right? Walk around, grab it, move it forward. during the, Like they did a good job, but they, it could have been, there's a lot of stuff that I believe on budget that, that could have been a little bit better. Like I said, they really, uh, they really built it up. Um, in that, like, we're this big company and we, 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 we provide the most like exceptional experience and the way they had like people lined up down the block to come into their haunted house. And then really all it was, was just a bunch of mannequins and masks inside. Like it was a little far-fetched. I, it would have been better for the, they could have had the exact same movie. And the premise was like a bunch of college kids wanted to see if they could like make a haunted house and just pick the wrong place to do it in. So, um, it, it ended more times than it needed to, you know what I mean? Like it could have ended sooner and instead they just tried to add more, which I didn't really feel like added to it. But, um, anyways, again, these are not trying to be Oscar movies, but I just, it was cool to watch a low budget horror. Normally I would shy away from those and we're talking like super low budget. Um, so I like that, but having said that, that leads me into my, uh, my top five for this week. I had a tough time coming up with my top five, uh, for this week. Cause like I said, I like them to be kind of ambiguous in the sense that, it's not like, Hey, here's the top five comedies of all time. Hey, here's my top five favorite cars. Like those are too broad. And if I'm going to do one every week for the foreseeable future, it's a quick way to run out of topics and stuff. That's why I kind of like the idea of like the top five YouTube channels that I watch. And there's already like two or three that I haven't watched in a long time, but I'm like, fuck, I used to watch those channels all the time since, since that list, which they still wouldn't have made the list because it is the top five channels that I watch, but Hey, who knows in three years, maybe, maybe I could do that list again and it'll be different. But, um, I, I remember I was going to do something about vegetables. What are the top five vegetables to eat as a side? Um, and then I was like working with like, yeah, but like not this. And I was trying to make, make rules for it to keep it in one sort of vein. Um, and it just like, and then I'd find something that would kind of break that rule. And I'm like, yeah, but then maybe I'll do one like with that particular rule. It was just weird. But, um, after thinking about the movie, I was like, I was thinking about all these different jump scares and stuff like that in hell house. Um, and I was like, you know what? Uh, jump scares are a very effective, um, method to scare you in horror movies. In fact, it seems to be the number one thing that's scary in movies. There are creepy things in movies, but nothing um, as effective to make an audience, uh, scream, you know, as a jump scare. So what I did was I did a list of the top five types 
of jump scares that you get in movies. So that's what my top five is this list. So when I say top five jump scares, so I, I, I sent it to one person and I said, I'm, I'm trying to do like top five jump scares. And, and they started su- suggesting like an actual like scene in a movie. And I was like, I go, that one's like way too specific. And I would have to like really spend some time if I was to do that. So I actually, uh, as soon as I was like, I'm, th- I'm talking about the actual like method mechanic technique jump scare. You know what I mean? Like a set type of jump scare that you see occur very commonly in movies, almost to the point where if you're a horror movie fan and you see them setting it up, you get ready for it. And one of the things that I will even say is that a lot of movies have been uh, setting you up in the old way. And now they're creating new ways of like where they're, where they're luring you in to think that they're going to be doing it the old way. And then it ends up being something a little different, which I like too, because you're looking for it one way. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, okay, but then what, and you know, and then in that moment, then they fucking hit you with it. So, um, these are my top five and, and I actually, uh, had more than five. Like it wasn't like I just had to come up with five different things. These are not like, Hey, here's five different types. I actually had about seven or eight and, um, and I was a little worried at first. Cause I think like the first three were like a little like, okay, I got three. And then I just kind of hit a wall where it's like, oh fuck. And then, and then they started flowing, um, to the point where I've even like combined a few different types into what I call like one type. So we're going to, we're going to do from here. So when you, if you are a horror, horror movie fan, or if you were thinking like, I kind of like horror movies, but I don't like getting scared. Well, here's the top five types of jump scares in movies. So number five is the like electronic scare. Okay. So like, it'll be like a tense moment. It'll be really quiet or whatever. And then the TV or the radio will come on and like, it's usually loud or a phone will ring. You know what I mean? Or a toy, like an electronic toy will start. There's a lot of times where, you know, like a fire truck or something will just come on and start driving. So, so the, the jump scare method is the electronics, right? So a phone rings and that's all, and then you can always tell the, the volume is always amped. It always gets very, very quiet. And then the jump scare that scares you is like the phone or the TV comes on or the radio or whatever. Now, most of the times it's like a supernatural TV came on, radio came on and it's just playing whatever it would be playing. But you know, the telephone one is sometimes someone's calling them. And then a lot of, and, and there's a lot of scenes where that'll be the end when it's the telephone, like someone calls and they're, Oh, you know, someone hears something in the yard and they're looking around, looking around like, Oh God. Oh, how did it? And then it's just, and then a movie moves on. It gave you the scare. Nothing happened, but it scared the shitty because the phone came on or whatever it is, which happens to all of us. Goddamn doorbell here is so fucking loud. We've got like one of those ring doorbells and, uh, I like to plug a speaker into my wall here. And then that, that thing goes on sometimes. So fucking loud scares the shit out of me. Um, you know what a big, I, you know what, something that scares the shit out of me in my room all the time is the podcast when it's done, uh, downloading. Um, when I'm, when I'm done putting it through a phonic, uh, it ought to, like I, I hit download and then it takes, sometimes it takes a little while to download onto the computer, but as soon as it's done downloading, um, it automatically opens Apple music and starts playing. So like I'll do it and I'll be sitting here like writing down my little notes, like, you know, for the, the, the write-up of the podcast or, you know, starting to set up next week's note or whatever. And I just, I forget what I'm doing like on the computer side. So like, I'll just be sitting here like, Hey, onesies out. It scares the shit out of me. I jump. Like I, I know what it is instantly, but it scares the shit out of me. Like someone is right beside me in the room because the computer's right there. And, ugh, 
like that. So again, that, that electronic jump scare, that, that audio that you're not expecting, uh, great, great technique. That's number five. Four is the car window jump scare. So you guys know what I'm talking about? Where like someone's sitting in their car and they're doing something. And then all of a sudden like, Hey, bang, 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 bang on the window. Hey, it's, it, it's, uh, used all the time. Often it's never anything, uh, dangerous. You know what I mean? Like your, your protagonist is not actually being attacked. It's just, uh, uh, fucking bang, 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 bang. Oh, oh, right there. They're looking at something. They, maybe they just got back in the car after grabbing, grabbing a pivotal piece of information about so-and-so was released and they never found it. And then the music's all, oh my God, like I'm just realizing bang, bang, bang. Oh, oh, like, and it scares the shit. It scares the audience, right? That's the whole idea. And it's often the shot, like as if the camera was resting in the passenger seat, sort of looking up over them so that the windows in frame, like I've, I've started to notice that in horror movies, you watch enough of them, like even when the shot is framed a certain way, when there's too much empty space on the screen and you're like, you're like, eh, something's going to happen over there. Go look in the background. Look how much empty room is in the hallway. Something's going to fucking happen in the hallway. You know what I mean? Like when you see the framed shot on the car window, you know what I mean? Like someone could be doing something. You're just like, ah, it looks like it's going to, so see, it's usually the cameras set up outside the car, looking through just the driver window, driver's side window, you know, at them, there's a lot of them and they just bang, boom, there's a person right in the shot, like bang, bang, and you're like, oh, you know, or alternatively it's on the lap and then that thing just comes sliding, sliding past the rear part, bang, bang, in the frame. So that one is one that happens a lot. Someone is in the car doing something and then just the bang, 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 bang on the window scares. That's a very common jump scare in horrors. Number three, I call this one the in bed scare because this one, um, and I'm sure there's other ways of it that I haven't. So this is one that I, I cheated a little bit because there's a few different types of scares that are done frequently. And I'm not sure one necessarily ranks above the other. So I kind of put it all into this. You're in, you're in bed and there's something there scare. All right. But it happens. You usually know which type it's going to be just based on the scene, but, um, and you're very vulnerable when you're in bed. Right. So, I call it the in bed, in bed scare because there's like that scare where it's like the camera is looking on, like it's like sitting on their chest and it's looking down at the foot of the bed and that whole, like, you know, something's there, you know what I mean? So like the, the jump scare where it's kind of like, you know, the camera slowly starts going towards the edge of the bed and you're like, any second's going to pop up and you can't get ready for it. You're getting ready for it, but you don't know exactly when it's going to happen. There's that one. There's the one where something they're in bed and they're looking around the room and there's like a dark spot and it's like something standing there in the dark. And I call it the jump scare because like, that's just creepy in and of itself, but usually that thing will like pop out or whatever. So that's a big jump scare that tends to happen. Um, and then alternatively, uh, there's the one that, uh, I call the under the bed scare. And this is in my opinion, one of those examples of how, uh, it evolved, you know what I mean? Um, because it used to be that like, you know, somebody would assume there was something under the bed and then you have them slowly leaning over the bed and just kind of looking top down, just, just a slight crack acknowledgement that there's room under the bed. And then there's that shot where, you know, you see from the under the bed perspective and you just see the head kind of looking down underneath the bed. And then of course the camera turns and you're just looking at the darkness under the bed. And it used to be that that was the moment something would pop out and, and, and the jump scare would come from that. Um, and then, then they started to develop the whole, you know, 
okay, like there's like the the biggest thing with the jump scare is like making you feel safe, right? To drop your guard to really scare you. Um, they developed that whole like look under the bed and then it jumps out and gets you. Give they would take longer for the thing to to get you or whatever. Then it switched that that under the bed scare switched from from it jumps out at you when you're looking under the bed to look in the bed, you know, maybe even shine a little flashlight or, or if there's enough light, it's like, you see, there's nothing there. Like, oh, the relief. And they'd like lean back down in bed. And then the camera just pins to the side slightly. And it's sitting right there in bed next to them. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I remember that specifically in, in, uh, Ernest scared stupid, which was a comedy, but the little girl like thinks Trantor's under her bed and she looks under her bed and she lays down. She's like, oh, and then rolls over and it's face to face with her in her bed. Um, but that was, that was a, an example of how it evolved. It used to, the jump used to come from when they were looking under the bed to now it's like, no, nope, it's never going to be under the bed. You lean back in bed, lay down. ha, huh. And then it's right fucking there, right in the bed. Boom. There's the scare. Um, that was number three, number two. All right. Number two jump scare technique. Um, Closing the bathroom mirror or the fridge door. You know the one, right? They're looking in the mirror in the bathroom, right? They open the mirror, right? To grab the the, the mouthwash or whatever it is and fucking swish, 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 spit, splash them on in the face, close the mirror, boom, something's behind them. Or... Or they themselves uh, look different in their own reflection. They look all fucked up or whatever it is. That's eh, like, I would imagine any, any horror fan that's you're looking for that right away. And in, and like I said, in fact, they're, they're getting to the point where like they do it in movies now and nothing happens just to, because, because you're on edge waiting for it. Like they, I think that's one of the things I find so cool is that like, they know what the audience is expecting so they can make you uncomfortable getting ready for a scare that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's almost like they get you twice. Like they, they get you when you're looking under the bed and then they get you again when it's laying in the bed next to them. Anyway, so now I'm referring to the actual jump scares themselves. I'm not referring to, to methods of scaring you in, in movies. Cause that could be a completely different list, but I'm talking about the jump scares themselves. So the, the, the effective jump scares is the close the mirror and boom, there's something right there that jumps and scares you. Same as like the walking out to the kitchen, they're standing in front of the fridge and there's obviously nothing there. They open the fridge, look in, and when they close the door, something is occupying the space that, that, that the fridge door was blocking, whatever. So that that blocked and then boom, you know, uh, that's a very, very classic. And in number one, the number one jump scare uh, technique is everybody knows that when you're watching the scary movie or whatever it is, the the, the scary music plays, Right. Uh, the scary music plays the, the tension of the music builds up, builds up, builds up. And it used to end right at the height of the music was when the thing would pop out, right? You never knew when exactly the height of the music was going to be, but there was even just like a musical where at the end, like like, like that, I guess like, well, it wasn't a great example, but like, and then the music fades out and you're like, Oh, but, but right at that, that, that height, that crescendo was when the thing would pop out to, to meet the, the cue of the music and you know, everyone, how many times people said, Oh, the scary music's playing, scary music's playing. It's the music. Oh, something's going to happen. The music's playing. You know what I mean? Like, and then it was like, you know, gets the top boom, jump scare. 
Now, so number one, coming in number one is the four to five seconds after the music stops scares, scare, right? Where it's like, you've learned that like, you know, that top of the music and it gets to the end and, and nothing happens. So you can breathe a sigh of relief because there's nothing's going to bang. There it is. There it the jumps. So that's what I find to be the number one most is like the, the old trained way of like waiting for the music. And now I've, and now I start to look for that too, is the whole, like, you know, the music stops and nothing's happened and it's trying to make you feel like you're safe. You can let your guard down because the, the music's over and nothing happened. Uh, but then the jump, so that one can happen in any capacity, but I think that that is a whole, you know, making you feel tense, like something's going to happen and then it doesn't. And then bang, four or five seconds later, just at that part where you're like, I don't think something's going to happen. And then bang, it hits you. That is the number one, uh, jump scare method that I've noticed in, uh, in movies now, by, by my opinion, I've, I've got other ones that were on the list. Um, I'd love to know yours. I'd love to know what were your, you know, top five, anything. Tell me, tell me what you like. If you like my list, give me your top five version of the same thing. If, uh, if you have your own list, uh, do your, you know, send it into me. Uh, Mark, uh, my buddy, Mark sent me an email. I'm going to read it. He has got a top 10, uh, request. So I will read that now. I'm just trying to fucking pull it up. Fucking why do you say fucking Josh? Not necessary. Mark writes, good afternoon, Josh. Wanted to weigh in on last uh, week's episode regarding your top five segment. Love this edition of the podcast. I found you, your recommendation of Kirkazog in a nutshell particularly interesting. I've added this YouTube channel to my subscription. Awesome. I'm glad you're checking them out. I love them as well. I have a top five request for you. Uh, what has been your top five strip club moments and what made them memorable? Uh, I look forward to your response. Your faithful listener, Mark. Uh, Mark, I appreciate that. And uh, since I don't have anything for next week, uh, that's the one. When you uh, when I first read your email, I, I wrote down top five strip club moments just so that I'd have them. Um, like written down to remember to keep that on my mind. And I've already written like seven down. So I'll have to uh, plan that down. Now I'm going to, after saying that, I'm like, I, you guys know me. You, you request it. I aim to please. I will say... I don't like strip clubs. Uh, never really been a fan. Obviously, like the first time I went to one, it was like fun, but I just, the, I, I don't know, the the type of person that I am, I, just, I don't think it's fun paying a lot of money for shitty beer. Uh, like, do I like women naked? Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. Um, but I, I, I don't like, it's, let's put it this way. I'm a, I like being genuine. The strip club is an incredibly disingenuous place. You know what I mean? Their whole job is to bilk you out of as much money as possible, make you think that you're going to, like you're confusing your body sexually. Every cue your body is getting is like, we're going to have sex. So like you're paying a shitload of money to give yourself blue balls. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? And at the same time too, like, would you really like, let's just pretend that you actually believe that you're going to have sex with one of these You really want to have sex with some stranger you just met in a sex place? I don't know. That's odd to me. So just to me, I just didn't like the, I didn't like the, the phoniness. You know what I mean? I've, I've watched several documentaries on strip clubs because I find them interesting. Like I'd love to know how they work just like from a business standpoint, right? You hear all these stories about all oh, the strippers are on Coke and they're all whores and they're turning tricks in the back. Are you? You know, because, because actually like this isn't, this wouldn't have made my top 10 or top five list, but, uh, my friend, uh, knew like a couple girls in high school that stripped, you know what I mean? And I, apparently I knew some people, apparently I didn't know that they were strippers. It's like, so-and-so would just be like, Hey, remember so-and-so I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, they're stripper. I'm like, Oh, okay. 
that sucks. I thought it was only like extremely broken people, right? Or just college girls just trying to pay their way or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Um, I just don't like it. It, it makes me sad, but I'm fascinated by it. Right. Cause it's like, well, I'm pretty sure those people that I knew were not like coked out prostitutes or whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm sure there's gotta be, there's gotta be something to it. And in, in that curiosity in and of itself makes me want to ask questions and, and stuff. But so I'm fascinated by it, but in terms of allure, no, I know there's guys like the, the, the strippers, or whatever it's like, yeah, naked ladies, but there's, there's porn and sex is actually happening there and you're not paying for it and all sorts of stuff. Like it just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, not my thing, but have I been to strip clubs? Yes. I think I've been to strip clubs. Like I was, I, I had to do soul searching to be like, have I been to strip clubs like more than 10 times in my life, which maybe to some would be like 10 times, but like, yeah, there's times where you're with your buddies in high school and they're like, one of those strip clubs. I, I would say the, the vast majority of it happened when I was a kid. I, I don't think I've been to a strip club in 10 years or more, maybe 15 years. Oh, uh, no, not 15, not 15. Um, that may be one of my stories that I tell. So, um, but I mean, these are, these are more like weird shit that happened at a strip club stories. Like I can tell you that already. Like, again, I know the one. So like me going to strip club, here's the, here's the more memorable things that, that I, uh, that I can remember. And none of them will be sexy. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but Mark, you asked and ye shall receive because I aim to please onesies. Um, hope you guys have a great week. Remember contact at one man You can send me your top five. Uh, from what we read, right? So this week was top five types of jump scares in movies. Um, I'm thinking too, like if I do like horror movie stuff, I'd love to keep it thematic and maybe save it for like October or whatever, but, uh, just whatever you're into. I don't give a fuck. Like the more silly and, and odd that we can make these, the better, like I'm, I'm down for it. And, and of course I would like to ask, it's not mandatory, but I would like to ask, um, if you have an idea, like if you want me to give you a top five of something, um, feel free to send in your top five while you're at it. Now in Mark's case, I, you know, a lot of guys might not want to, you know, admit to going to the strip club and stuff like that. Um, so that's fine. So just know too, you can send me a request and your list and just tell me to make it anonymous. I won't say your name. So if you're worried about me reading your shit, you know, but, and you know, maybe you listen with your significant other and you're like, I don't want them to know. Just, just send it to me anonymously. I'll read it. I know that you guys will ask me fucked up stuff. Cause you know, I'll talk about it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, contact the one man podcast.com. Send me whatever you want, or just send me whatever stories, whatever you got going on. Give me shit about the intermittent fasting. Give me shit about whatever else. If you have a micro penis and you're looking for support, like that was the funniest thing reading, reading the articles I was reading today was like, you know, it's like, how does, how does having a micro penis affect the, the, the person and their families. And I was like, <laughs> their families, there's Jane, you know, she's the mother of that micro penis boy. Um, but it was like, it was so funny. It was like what to do about it. And it was just like, basically like, it was just like, if you have a micro penis, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, I, my, my understanding too, is like, it's small when it's soft and when it's hard, you know what I mean? Guy gets excited and a little fucking matchstick stands up in his pants. <laughs> That's, oh, fuck. Am I ever grateful? I can only joke about this if, because of the fact that I'm a uh, quote unquote grower and that stuff came up in those articles too. It's like, if you're just a small, when you're flaccid, you're not a, you don't have a micro penis. And I was like, oh, again, I was hoping I could check off a box on a job application. Um, so yeah, 
<laughs> send uh, send me whatever the fuck it is that you want to talk about. I, I Oh, right. I was saying how like it said that really the only thing you could do about it was therapy. Like find a support group, find a way of coping. Like that's it. It's just like shrug your shoulders like, sorry, buddy. Sorry there, uh, <laughs> toothpick. I don't know. Fuck. Listen, if you're listening, you have a micro penis. I'm so sorry. Uh, please. Oh God, I'll be anonymous. T- talk to me about it. Tell me what you do. If you can, if you can do it, you know what I mean? I hope you're not standing on a fucking milk crate in your garage about to hang yourself based on the shit I said. But I just mean like that would be, would be really fascinating to hear from someone who actually has a microphone. like, yeah, I got a, uh, as Mika would say, a baby dick all the time, 24 seven. That's weird. Oh, I'm thinking weird stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking like you jerk yourself off with a Cheerio or whatever. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. That's like your pocket. Come on. Come on, Josh. That's ridiculous. You stick a fucking (laughs) Cheerio in the end of a straw and it's like a fleshlight for you. Jesus Christ. That's that's so stupid. Um, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Hey, just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, One man podcast. Still have a few uh, little handful of them uh, collector's boxes left. Like I said, uh, you know, Original value was like 150 bucks, which I brought down to 125. Uh, now clearance 100. So you get 10 items, uh, hats, shirts. You guys know what it is. Um, if you've been on the fence, pick one up. If you got money burning hole in pocket, you won't regret it. Get them the fuck out of here. I need them. I need the space back. And there's nothing going on. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, hit me up. But anyways, you know, you know the, the email address, um, the boxes are still available. Anything you guys want to talk about, let me know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really thought I had nothing to talk about this week and here we are two hours and 11 minutes in according to this. Um, thanks for listening gang. I will chat with you again soon. I had no choice but to hear you. You stated your case time and again. I thought about it You treat me like I'm a princess I'm not used to Like that You ask how my day was You've already won me
Thanks for your patience. Something rational, I am aware. 